The college experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by my bookie sign up over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP 50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. Play win get paid over at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by ESPN plus log on to sports and click the ESPN plus banner to sign up for ESPN plus college football, college basketball, MLB, soccer, and exclusive USC fights. You can't be a real sports fan without ESPN plus. Yes. Woo. Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby Dent, AKA the swinging database and in studio, the biggest piece of sterile, you know, the round Bohemia drinking shit taken twice before the episode twice. (laughs) (laughs) Give it up for former former James Madison defensive back. The burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, how the hell are you, pal? Buddy, I got, you know, I got a fucking Bohemian beer here, right? I took two shits right before we got on, right? You know what it was? I sat out in the sun all day drinking mimosas. I got on the raft, you know, I'm baked like a lobster. I got little kids swimming around next to me and. I'm drinking mimosas and I'm drinking uh, what am I, Jameson and ginger. Uh, that's my new shit right there. Kind of. Uh, You're just now finding out about that. Well, I never just never like was into the ginger ale with my alcohol. What delicious though? Yeah, it's very delicious. You are a clown. Why? It's for taking it taking it that long to find out about years it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you this much, pal. Yeah. This guy is having a. He's struggling to. To get out, jump down off your bed. Major Mud is here. We're recording from Hollywood, California, the home that we played a whole Tech Bowl season, and I destroyed you. Twenty oh. game lead or something on that. You know, you know. Come on, this is this. I dominated this uh, this, this room here. You since, throw a pizza against the wall. Since we've come back to it years later, right? Five and four, I believe, is my record right now. You are. St- Skating by on thin ice. You know ice. what, buddy? Thin ice, All buddy. I know is there's a large enough sample size to prove, you know, who's a better player. And I think that it pretty clearly says, no, no I'm no, in no. front here. Because in early January, we went to a little competition and I got some hardware from that competition. <laughs> it's true. You did get some hardware, but you were fortunate that you never played me. You got nothing. I got right? nothing. <laughs> nothing. I walked away. You know, you know who beat me? A guy with a thermos and a lunch bag. Hey, he beat me too, but I, but I did beat him once. <laughs> there you go. Well, I got skunked by a man with a thermos. Life is hard sometimes, folks. Hey. Nerds. All I right. watched Revenge of the Nerds last night. Classic. You know, Doesn't age why well. can't it go back like it was before? Why, why can't people just scream nerds at nerds anymore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's like 21 Jump Street, you know? I get it, you fucking nerd. Nerds! What the fuck are we talking I, about? I don't know. Look, but it's a big day for us because this is the Wilt Chamberlain episode. Boom. 
We finally got there. We didn't think we'd ever get there. A lot of beers, a lot of shots, a lot of ball games. Oh yeah. This is the hundredth episode of the college experience. Hi, oh baby. Hi, oh, 100 toppings on the, the pizza, buddy. Is that a, is that a thing? Yeah. Toppings on the table. 100 dicks thrown in the air. <laughs> wow. We got major mud here celebrating. I mean, life is good. You know what I mean? Yeah, buddy. Hundred, hundred episodes. Look, we gotta, we gotta just celebrate. And How I do f- we celebrate? You look. Well, you know what? Instead of us covering the Mountain West, instead of us covering the shit ass ACC, instead of us covering the overrated SEC, instead, instead of us covering the just ridiculous Larry Scott led Pac-12, instead of us covering. This big 12 with 10 teams nonsense. And zero defenses. Yeah. Instead of us covering this big 10 uh, Jim Harbaugh khakis bullshit, all right? We're covering, no, not independence, right? We're doing it the American way. We love this country, America. We do. 100 episodes deep. What better conference to preview than the American conference? One that's potentially the home of one James Madison University. Certainly. One that's already a home of one East Carolina Pirates and, and Pirate sh- Nation. Should that happen, one that will be home to one of what will surely become one of the greatest rivalries in college football history. I like. I, I, I was going to say second tier college football, but sh- second tier, my ass. There is one or two or three or four teams in this conference that are pushing. Well, there's one tier. team in this conference that's got a little a national championship. They have their hardware of say, their own. two years ago. And last year, frankly, if Mackenzie Milton does go down, I would probably say they're going to win two national championships in a row. Sure. Or we could use the SEC excuse and say, oh, they were disappointed, so they played down in their bowl game. Ooh. That's not truly reflective because they were disappointed. their leader was not there. Yeah, their leader wasn't there, and Fucking the hacks. committee didn't give them what they deserved. Hacks. Yeah, that same fucking yeah. excuse that the SEC uses every single time about their performance, poor performances in bowl games. We're going to apply to the national champion UCF. Very golden, very golden knights. This is the American Conference preview. We're going to go over over and under win totals. We'll break down every team. And if you if you're a first time listener, we've done this for we did this for the Sun Belt already. We've done this for the Mac already. We've done this for the Conference USA already. We got, we got the Mountain West on deck, followed by the Independents. And then we dive into the so-called Power Five. We're going to go all, all 130 teams because this is the fucking college experience. 100, look, it's 100th episode. We cover 130 teams. We, do, we go further than the distance or whatever. What do they say in the Field of Dreams? Uh, go the distance. We we go the distance. We go the distance, all right? I went the distance with your sister, <laughs> your cousin, your dog, your aunt, your dog. <laughs> all right, Patty. See, let's stop all this. Oh, actually, you know what I do before we dive into the American? I want to say something here. And I'm curious your opinion because I saved it for this, man. Where's where's my telephono? I am curious your thoughts on this. Um I have a problem. You have a lot of problems, buddy. With, say, uh, I don't know where the hell I put this, but I'm just going to riff on this. You have a this. problem with uh, fiber. 
You're I, irregular. I, I do. I don't know what you the fuck I did with this. Blast Let me see if it's this. Fire hose chunks out okay, of your I, I rectum. I got it now. I got it. Okay. Okay. Um, a couple things. Larry Scott, yes. the, the Pac-12 Media Day was the other day. Yes. One of the worst ideas I've ever heard. Do tell. One of, I've always hated this guy, all right, because he's a true piece of shit. He was involved in a scandal using, using assets this offseason. He did this terrible television deal with Spectrum where no one has Spectrum, so they can't view the Pac-12 network. Just terrible, right? And then he says... 9 a.m. games. Oof. He's trying. I this is just that. the dumbest idea. And here's why it really bothers me, Patty C. Is because I would. He has the same information that we have. Mm. He can see that the Pac-12 is 20 and two at home against the Power Five the past five years. Sure. Why would you want to jeopardize that? Because oh, because you want some people to view more. No, I agree with that. You want people to view more, but you don't have to make the game at and. Yeah, uh, drastically early. You, you realize the players would have to get up at six a.m. Yes, probably five a.m. That's stupid. Uh, your fans, are, you think oh no, after a yeah. Friday night of drinking, yeah. they're going to show up at gonna, nine yeah. a.m. The stadium is going to be three quarters empty. And after and the third, my quarter. biggest problem why I why I really can't emphasize this enough is because he's a fucking pussy, mm-hmm. and w- this is the perfect opportunity. A coward terrorist. Pussy. Yes. This is the perfect opportunity for him to be saying expansion, make the playoffs bigger, and then you'll see a Pac-12 team no matter what in the fucking playoffs. Sure. And instead, he's giving us this crock of shit 9 a.m. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I was enraged when I Schedule saw this. Schedule the games at noon and 3. No, keep it the way it is because it's keep, clearly working for your conference. Well, it, it is and it isn't. No, it's not. Wor- look, it's working because you're dominating whoever comes in t- to play you. Sure. And why should you cater to... Like, this is the time zone you're in. This is the fucking yeah, time zone you're true. in. Have a real playoff and stop being a piece of shit. Co- like, I love college football, but I also, it's a double-edged sword because I hate it. Right. There is zero logic on their playoff. Why would you have five major conferences and just four teams? And they always go with the name brands. It's so obvious. It's so fucking obvious. Just have a playoff that fits all the, t- all the conference winners. Just so simple. So fucking simple. So fucking simple. Well, I will say that I don't necessarily think that the focus should be on getting all of the power conferences a playoff spot, but I do think when you have a five playoff conference and only four power conferences that the conversation completely revolves around which power five team is getting left out and never revolves around which deserving group of five team. Well, well, and, and how about this? And this is what his argument would be was that, well, uh, no one views these Pac-12 games at night. Yeah. Right? Which is fine. Well, I mean, I mean, it's fine because it's based on that. That's their fault then. All right? If you had a real playoff system, the NFL doesn't do this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, deal with it. Deal with it. Like, just, it's clearly, you're 20 and 2 at home against the other Power I 5 mean, teams. Pac-12 after dark. What time does that start at? Like, it starts at like 9 no, no, Pacific? No, or is it seven? Pacific? No, it's like seven, seven thirty. That's that's reasonable. That's but ten over o'clock there, East Coast. But the problem is, is that there there are a bunch of squares over there. You know, your 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 panel is like a bunch of fucking stiffs. They're gonna go to sleep at ten o'clock. You're gonna yeah. have you know one glass of friggin' some garbage ass Chardonnay and fall asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? It's just frustrating. This is the perfect time well, well, here, to why? call out the shittiest 
postseason in all of sports. I agree with you there. I agree with you there that if he, if his argument is centered around uh, you know earlier games in order to get the respect to get a playoff shot because there's been more viewership, then that's a f- fucking idiotic argument. There is a much better. Well, why argument. do you think he's saying it? Um. Yeah, I mean I, that makes sense as to why that would be. Of course it is because no one viewership from the East Coast. You can look at it. That, that's a that's a huge bias, by the way, coming in because when you see the data and clearly it backs up how good they are when you travel to the West Coast. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so why would you take away the one thing that could potentially jeopardize that record? That's true, but why put yourself at a disadvantage? Basically, obviously. Playing a night game in your home stadium is going to be Dude, more advantageous or, 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 than playing Eugene a nine a.m. game at night. Right. It's a very hard you place to win. You have a bunch of yeah. your own fans going ape shit, whereas at nine a.m. they're just waking up. Yeah, yeah. it's a horrible, horrible. It's a stupid idea. I agree. I wanted to. Th- I just just want to fucking vomit. All right. Anyway, let's get to this. What are my other notes right here? Uh, not to mention you could just have like. If you really wanted to make some of the games earlier, make them at noon or three, you know? Sure, you want well, the some, night some games? T- UCLA does that sometimes. USC does it sometimes. Right. But here's something you can't do. Arizona, it's hot as fuck. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Right? So that's a night game. Uh, I just think the school should have the same freedoms. Uh, like, clearly, if, yeah. if you're sh- doing... Just don't be biased. How about... Yeah. That's also an idea. Because I can tell you this. The track record, if they're 20 and 2 in 5 years, and their record over 10 years is great as well. I forget the exact numbers off the top of my head, but but we did it a few, like, two months ago on the podcast. I mean, look, historically, Colorado, Utah, Washington, Oregon, even a little bit of Oregon State there, have been really fucking good at night. Arizona State as well. Yeah. Keep it that way, because that is why you're really fucking good at night. Yeah. It's The records have shown that. Yeah. It's fucking annoying, dude. That, it's that, really, that is true. When you put it that way, when you when you talk about the, the fact that he's suggesting that they put themselves at a competitive disadvantage just to be treated fairly, it's fucking stupid. So you're telling me college kids are going to... You're telling me they're not going to go out and party on a Friday night? Right. That's another thing we even didn't touch. You're telling me the kids at UCLA or USC in Los Angeles aren't going to be partying on a right. Friday night? By the way, I went to... I was driving for Uber... I drove some, this was a couple years back, I drove to a US, UC, USC party, to their Greek row. I, I was always wondering where the fuck USC partied. I, I couldn't have figured it out. And then I stumbled upon their Greek row. Dude, it was like Hotel California slash heaven. Like it was, it was like out of a dream. It was really weird. Yeah. There were just like a million gazillion hot blondes just walking around in like yeah. mini skirts. I was like, what the fuck? Is- Where am-? And they're so hammered. And they're just falling all in, like kissing each other. I was like, shit. Dude, have you been to Arizona State? Um, I have not, but I've obviously. You're telling me, have you been to Boulder? You're telling me these kids right. are going to play at nine in the morning. Right. <laughs> this, they're going to get, they are going to get destroyed if they play at nine in the morning. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really, I mean, even Pullman, Pullman's a party school. Well, I don't think the players themselves, but certainly the Certain fans players <laughs> will party. Well, that's on them. Fuck them. Well, no, fuck. What do you mean? You don't do that. You don't torture. You don't take away college kids, college experience. This is the college experience. This is the college yeah. experience. Let these fucking kids yeah, have the you college. Let them go out there, have some beers, get fucked up. All right. Next morning. Give them an hour or two. Let them get a little bit of detox in right. and then play their game. Hair of the dog. 
<laughs> 9 a.m. kicks. Fucking retarded, man. <laughs> and I'm a fan of 9 a.m. kick. Like, I'm glad I'm on the West Coast so I get, you know, some of these games at, at 9 a.m. Uh, from the East Coast. Yeah. But I do not want to see West Coast teams playing at 9 a.m. No. No, no, no. Yeah. Let's talk American football, Patty. See, this is the over-under series of the American Conference. See, I said that with an American accent. Um, by the way, man, I, I did a, guess what? I did a show last night at a uh, uh, 12-step AA meeting. <laughs> Genius. It was... Uh, How did that turn out for you? Actually, it was awesome with the exception of me. Like, uh, I got there. I, I thought the well, show... Well, talk about a, a group of people that probably have a pretty damn good sense of humor. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But I got there at uh, 7, and I thought the show was at 7. So I got there at like around 640. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was at eight. So I Googled the quickest, the, the closest bar. Oh my gosh. And I went and had a few IPAs. Just shows up reeking right. up. Everyone <laughs> in the meeting just drooling. <laughs> I had to do it. What was I going to do? Just sit there. I was like, I know they're not going to have anything to drink. All right, let me get a few Molson's oh, in me. Man. You know what I mean? I can't talk about this, but this reminds me of one of your bits that turned out to be wildly inappropriate given the uh, audience members present. Is this the or, women thing? No, this was actually, it was the comic that preceded you uh, <laughs> had a certain. Um, oh, I remember. Okay. A certain uh, issue that pertained exactly to what your bit was right after she went out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. It's just like this motherfucker. <laughs> I was not aware of that. You can't call that audible. <laughs> you know, I was not aware of that information. At too the time. late. To, we don't have Peyton Manning of comedians here. He doesn't have I was have telling audibles. this shit. I mean, look, back when this joke could fly, because it was a, it, it's a, I, this joke wouldn't fly anymore. And that was with the women thing. I had a joke I was telling in Philadelphia once. Sure. And this is early on stages of stand up for me. This is like 2009, 10. You know, I'd been doing it a few years. Yeah. And uh, I told a joke and I was something to the effects of like, why is, you know, like this is going to sound really bad now, but this is what I. You're a scumbag. Don't try and dress it up, buddy. I was basically saying, why is like women's basketball on (laughs) ESPN? That's a man's (laughs) network. That's a man's network. And that was the joke. And I was like, we don't put Rambo three on oxygen oxygen or lifetime. Right. Right. And someone in the crowd got really mad. Yeah. <laughs> she was hammered, though. Yeah. She threw a bottle at me, but I couldn't see because when you're up on stage, all you see is that spotlight. Yeah. So it missed me. <laughs> and then I answered with, see if that was a dude, it would have hit me right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole room, half the room hated me, half the room loved me. It's a very awkward feeling after that. <laughs> but look. I'm not proud of those jokes. That's amazing. All right? <laughs> it was funny after its time, but I look, I don't, I, it was just a joke. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like I'm not saying, obviously I respect women's sports. Sure. I was watching the those women's women, world those cup. Those women can hoop. They, they, I was they watching can ball. the women's world cup. Yeah. It was just a funny joke. Right. You know, that was offensive. There's a shred of truth in it. <laughs> That's what makes something well, the, funny. The, the, yeah. I mean, look. Rambo still isn't on Lifetime or Oxygen. I'm still disappointed by that. Right. It, it should be. And, you know and, when, and when it is, right, then we will officially be a better society. I agree with that. You know? It's like you follow Oprah Winfrey's show with Rambo 3. I think that's... <laughs> All right. You get a, a, a nice, balance. broad, balanced balance. network programming. There you go. And speaking of balance, let's start off with the Cincinnati Bearcats. There you go. Nice transition. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, uh, look, let me tell you something. Luke Fickle's doing a great job. He hasn't had any bottles thrown at him recently, I don't think. Probably not. All right. Uh, Desmond Ritter's back at quarterback. Great. You know, I liked you doubted Phil Fickle. First year, he played a bunch of youngsters, so they struggled. Right? Well, last year, yeah. 11 and 2, Patty C. Well, let me tell you why I doubted Luke Fickle, okay? This is the guy that took over a basically a Cadillac by Jim Tressel, right? Yeah. Or a diesel truck, I guess, by Jim Tressel, and shit the bed and then immediately had it taken over and turned into a Ferrari by Urban Meyer. So where's the and he had what, a six and six season? Ah, uh, you know, sandwich between Two national champion coaches. What about a sandwich? <laughs> right? <laughs> I caught your attention there. You're talking, you're talking sandwiches? No, you're focusing <laughs> on the wrong part here. <laughs> I'll take a cold cut right now. You got some in the fridge? Uh, what the fuck you got going on? I drink some of this fucking bohemian. Right? I like this Empty calories, shit, buddy. Right? Cheers. All right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. He, uh, six to six season at Ohio State. But hey, how many players checked out because Urban Meyer was out? Or uh, not uh, Urban Meyer. Jim Trestle was out. Jim Trestle was out. And apparently the word was well in advance that Urban Meyer was going to take that job. So yeah. they may have just been waiting on that. Exactly. And if there was no more free tattoos and shit like that. So, I mean, hey. Yeah, exactly. The likes of... Uh, I'm still trying to get a free Mo tattoo. Any tattoo artists out there? Hello. Uh, <laughs> Hello. A guy I played with in high school, actually. Uh, Became a tattoo artist? No. What played at Ohio State and was part of that scandal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was one of the ones that was uh, quoted... As saying, you know, yeah, they they told me to take bullshit courses. Like, well, they were not looking out for my academic elements at all. Well, like how so. you were friends with in high school was probably a fluffer for them. Uh, oh yeah, that's true too. <laughs> that's our good friend Mickey. I'm joking, Mickey. <laughs> He's a good guy out there. Uh, Mickey's okay. an animal. Look, was a recruiting guy for Ohio State. There, we got some so he was a fluffer. Out. He probably was a fluffer. <laughs> uh, look, Desmond Ritter. Patty C. I was really impressed by his quarterback play last year. 20 TDs, five picks. He's back. Got to be happy about that. Running back Michael Warren's back after a 1,300-yard season with 19 touchdowns. Yeah, that, that guy was impressive. They're deep at the running back position. They also have Jared Dokes and Tavion Thomas back there. They got three deep in, in, in quality running backs. I go three deep every time I hook up with my gal. There you go. Uh, well, uh Wide receiver Richard, uh, how do I pronounce his last name? Madaris is the top returning wideout. He, I mean, he's returning. Wideouts are looking strong. I mean, depth might be a little bit of an issue, but tight end, they got uh, as one of their top positions on their entire roster. They got two capable tight ends, perhaps even three. And uh, the weak spot on the offense is they only returned one offensive lineman. Mm. That's an issue. That is a big weak spot. Uh defensively continuity and experience are major. And I guess, uh, you Offensive know, lines always familiarity a big yeah. with oh, each yeah. other are all factors. So they're uh, starting from scratch there. Defensively, they led the AAC in total defense, scoring defense and run defense. It's a strong defense. That's fickle's uh, specialty. I believe mm -hmm. seven starters back, but they do lose three of the top or three of the four starting defensive linemen from a season ago. Uh, secondary. I mean, everyone's like this linebackers are back for the most of most of them. Secondary returns, uh, everyone, including star safety, James Wiggins. They also return cornerback Kobe Bryant. Oh, C O B E slam dunk giant. I bet you he likes the girls in Colorado. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, <wait. laughs> 
Can I say that joke? Or was that pending a rape joke? But she she was found guilty. She was found. She was found. It was found. He was found yeah. innocent. She had like thirty guys semen in her panties. Okay, so, this just right? got dirty. I mean, that's just what that's what that's was revealed. Facts, right? but yes. So, am I still allowed to say that joke though? Uh, our society just just this is the college experience. I uh, think if any, if this is. The, you know, there's no safe space on this episode for you fucks out there. This is the the true college experience. This is the Animal House experience. Yeah, look, Kobe Bryant. Look, I hate the Lakers. <laughs> right. So, I Chris Childs punched him in the face. In the neck. He got his really? justice. Yeah. yeah, he's he's really lucky. Chris Childs was not a half inch taller. Right. <laughs> he's just really lucky. That Getting stuck in the neck isn't any kind of fun either, though. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next up is. Oh no, we want to go the win total. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of this Kobe Bryant segment. <laughs> Everyone's gonna hate me. Um Patty C, the over and under Vegas is saying Cincinnati six wins. Well, when we looked at that stat pre-episode, what was it? One or was it no teams that had won more than seven games that they had beaten last year? Yeah. But they did beat Virginia Tech in a bowl game that was a six and seven team at, after that loss. Again. Uh they not beat impressive. <laughs> I mean, look, they beat UCLA in Pasadena last year. Again, well, in Pasadena. Going cross country. Look at the Pac-12's record. Uh, that's true. Uh, they were good. They were good. They uh, they took one L in overtime against a, a good Temple team in Philadelphia. Yeah. And who is their other L? They did get rocked in Central Florida. Well, that's because they're when you play the defending national champions. Right. So it kind of happens a lot of times. That's right. They're, yeah. They are still, you know, shooting for that second straight title at that point. So, yeah. Wasn't that a college game day at that game? I think it might have they been. They shot the bed yeah. in Cincinnati. Okay. So six wins, Patty C. Over and under. Week one, August, Thursday, August 29th. This is one of the games that I will be watching. You better believe that. UCLA travels all the way to... Old Nippert Stadium. Patty C was licking on some nippers with a with a broad a few weeks ago. Hey. Right. <laughs> I try to stay uh, keep that in my diet. All right, uh, UCLA at Cincy. What do you got? Mm. You know what? I I'm tempted to go with what we you know had said a couple weeks ago when we were previewing these games game by game, and you know what? I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I think UCLA is going to come into Cincinnati and get the job done. Wow. Well, I want to see if you're sticking with your week two prediction. Well, I am going to stick with that. Cincinnati. Okay. So I, I'm going to say. I think they got it. I think I, UCLA is going to have that offense. I'm going to say they're going to lose it too. Yeah. Robinson gonna, with Chip Kelly. You I'm going to say they lose it too. There's a far superior UCLA coach. looked good. The final two games or three games of the season. I'm going to say they lose it too. Oh, and one. Yeah. At Ohio State week two, you're going with the upset. I am saying Cincinnati is going to be the first uh, home state team to go into Columbus, Ohio, and the better part of what, 100, 120 a, years? A little revenge game for Luke Fickle. Yeah. I, I don't know when the last time. I, I think it's been like over 100 years, maybe plus, since anyone's gone into Columbus and beaten Ohio State. This is the year that it happens. Ryan Day ends up on the hot seat, and we may see some Ur- Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer make his return. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised. Uh, look, that's not going to happen. Um, I got you. Say that. You I got, say that now. I got the Buckeyes winning this one. I got uh, Cincinnati zero two. 
Now comes the Miami, Ohio Red Hawks or whatever they are now. Um, they're going to win this one. They're one and two. You got them at two and one. Two and one. They get a bye week before traveling to Joan C. Edwards Stadium, taking on the Marshall Thundering Herd in Huntington, West Virginia. Let me ask you this. Yeah. This is my uh, toxic masculinity kicking in here. Uh-oh. When you go to a stadium named after a woman. Oh, gosh. Are we it, just attacking? <laughs> well, you know, it just, I, it's probably a more beautiful stadium, but it just doesn't have the same intimidation. Well, it could. There could be like, if it was like an extreme bitch, like if you went to Hillary Clinton Stadium. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> sorry, dude. I'm really like this is getting, alienating this a lot is of people. really bad here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you would be uh, intimidated to be there, though. Right. Look, what if it was like Rosa Park Stadium? That's a great fucking stadium. Okay. You know what I mean? It's there's a lot of strength. Uh, there's a lot of great women out there. I agree with that you. would symbolize strength. I have no idea who Joan Thompson is or Joan, Joan C. Edwards. Edwards. Uh, there you go. If it was a Rosa Park Stadium or any number of other. Yeah, there's strong, a ton of them. Famous right? women. Okay. I'm just saying if I go, if I'm in Barbara uh, Streisand Stadium, I'm like, all right, we're going <laughs> to slap the shit out of this team. Jesus. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Look, let me be an idiot. Like uh, this is why we do. We get drunk. We, we go back to college. You know, we relive yeah. the glory days every episode well, in, here. In college, you were not slapping the shit out of Barbara Streisand. But <laughs> I get your point of saying that it's not an intimidating name. Yes, it's not like called what's what's the LSU and the Tiger Pit or some yeah, shit. I don't Death know. Valley. Death Valley. Yeah. I don't think that's the actual name of the stadium, but Tiger Stadium. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to sound vicious. I get yeah. it. But some of these, it's the same as with dude. I'd rather have it as one of these, like a, a, a historical woman's name than like a AT&T park. Absolutely. Absolutely. At least it's got a little character to it. Yeah. At least you're curious as to who and, this or person is. Or what about some of, some of the guys stadiums? Like it's Jerry Richard stadium. He's yeah. a piece of shit. Like by definition, Sure. So I'm going to make the argument that we should have more women's stadiums. Okay. All right. I like what you did there. More, give me a Rosa Parks stadium. Give me a Harriet Tubman stadium. Give me a uh, Pamela Anderson stadium. <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine if USC played at Pamela Anderson stadium. <laughs> Dude, the parties, the parties, the, 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 the what that would attract, the, the energy that that would attract at that stadium would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, even though she's Canadian, should we, like, dude? Why isn't the CFL team doing that? Why isn't yeah. the uh, Winnipeg Blue Jets or Blue <laughs> Bombers or something already on top of that? Right. You know what I mean? This is Pamela Anderson's hometown. That's what I'm saying, dude. Come on. All right, now if we could please not ever try to piss off any of our female <laughs> audience with this connection here at Marshall Week Four. Um, I got I got them winning at Marshall. Um. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I got them at two and two. You got them at three and one. Now they're home to UCF. And this one is an interesting game because before I had UCF winning this, but now this Daryl Mack injury, obviously Mackenzie Milton's out for the year from a year ago. And you, we're relying on Brandon Wimbush here. It's a Friday night game. Um, It scares me a little bit. The Friday night thing, it actually, it does it play a little, a little bit. bit. I think I'm going to take UCF, but hope just on a blind faith that Wimbush is getting it done. I'm not going to lie with you. I need to watch a little more Desmond Ritter to know what we're dealing with there. But I do remember um, Michael Warren being a beast last year. 
And so I think that this would be this should be a pretty close game, actually, especially like you mentioned with Brandon Wimbush being the guy. Uh, I still think, yeah, UCF gets it done just based on what they did to him last year, a complete destruction. But I um, think it's a dangerous fucking game. I, this is one like this in Pittsburgh. When I look at the schedule, I think for some reason, I think UCF is going to get by Stanford. But this in Pittsburgh, I think, are the two that. that well, we talked about this before when these teams from the south go up north. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. often end well. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, next up is uh, they follow that up, man. This is a tough two game stretch at Houston. Mm. So I got them two and three. They're at Houston. I think they lose that game. I think they go to Houston and lose too. Yeah, they're going to be two and four. Then they're home to Tulsa. They get a win there, but that's a, even that's a, a slippery game because Tulsa, Tulsa almost beat Texas last year. Yeah, Tulsa not a bad. They team. lost, I think, like the, seven games by or by you a, have to five favor. games by a touchdown or less or something. Yeah, I'm just saying you come back from getting whooped at UCF. Come and, back at from Houston. a pretty yeah. too hard two game stretch. Even going to Marshall is not a fucking yeah, gimme. That's that, you're yeah. right. You're right. But I'm going to give them the the Tulsa game. So I got them at what three and four. They get a bye week, and then they think they're just going to come into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium with a one Mike Houston leading the. Leading the vicious pirates, the purple and gold pirates. I'm calling for an upset. Greenville, here. North Carolina. You're calling for the upset. I'm calling for an upset. The. I think it's a little too early. East Carolina for this. Pirates. I think you're jumping the gun. The you're jumping the cannon here, buddy. You heard it here first. This team is gonna lose to the Pirates, and they're gonna be what? What do I have them at? Three and. No, I'm at yeah, th- one, two, three, three and f- four. Man, not, five. not giving a lot of respect to an 11 and two team from last year. You got them starting three and five. This spitting in Luke Fickle's face. You're telling me <laughs> I don't like Luke Fickle. <laughs> and you're the one that's got him three and five following an 11 and two season. I'm just telling you, it's going to be some tough, tough, but they're going to pull some upsets. Don't worry. Okay. Next up, they got homecoming against UConn. They get the win there, four and five. Just win this game by 120. You got them at points. what? Six and something, right? You already have them on the over, essentially. I have them at least two games ahead of you. Yeah, and if I have them at four and five. Yeah, then I got them six, yeah. six and five, six and no, six and four at this point. All right, four and five for me. Then they're at South Florida, and this is where I think they pull the upset on the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be five and five here. Yeah, five. I got him. It's jeez. I'm not a fucking mathematician here. You got him upset at going to USF and winning that game. Yeah. I don't know that I do. I actually think I have them going down to Tampa. Okay, actually taking an L. Uh, That's tough. This is a hard. This is a hard league. There are a lot of teams right here on this. Really, I mean, I guess you put uh, USF. Or UCF rather on its own, in its own category at this point. Do you or is Houston right there? I mean, Houston had one down year on seven and six last year. Yeah, I mean, I think UCF is still still a notch above them. Yeah, by just a hair. Championship, right? Um. All right, how about this? I got the loss at UCF. Mm -hmm. USF. USF. They come home, beat Temple, and then I have them upsetting Memphis the final game of the season. I could actually see that too. Yeah. And so that means six and six, I would have them as. Yeah. And if I have to choose the over or the under, I'm going to choose the over because I think they could possibly beat East Carolina or possibly beat UCLA or possibly beat uh, South Florida 
or even UCF. I think they're going to go to Memphis and lose. So I think I have them at six and six too, but I agree with you completely. The over is far more likely than the under because this team was 11 and two last year. And see Nick locked the over. Yeah. I think that's not a terrible move. Yeah. I, I think that's a good play too. Yeah. Um, then we move along to the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the over under for them is six and six. Yeah. Jeez. After an 11 and two that season, might be a lock for me. Yeah. Vegas kind of disrespecting. All right. Well talk about disrespecting. There's a team out there that is notorious for football. Much like Pamela Anderson is notorious for uh, <laughs> for sex videos and with rock stars. Hello, um, <laughs> jeez, we love you, Pam. If you're listening, yeah. which yeah. you're not, please How listen. Know? How do you know? Man? Maybe she is, dude. To Pam, Pam Anderson, if you're listening right now, <laughs> I have been in love with you for my entire life. As is, is the case for everyone else who's listening to this podcast. You, this compliment means nothing. I'll stop talking now. Uh, okay, check us out. I'm talking about the greatest. The greatest university of them all. We're talking about a little team out of Greenville, North Carolina called the East Carolina Pirates. Mm. Look, they've had a great run since the 70s. And Pat Dye, before he coached Auburn, Patty C. Man. The 90s, when they went, when they basically should have played for a national championship, but there was no playoffs. When they had Jeff Blake at quarterback. And Robert Jones at linebacker. Won a bunch of Super Bowl championships with the Dallas Cowboys. And they had Carlester Crumpler at tight end and Marcus Crandall followed him with a quarterback. Great Canadian football league quarterback as well. <laughs> All right. Base. And then David Garrard came along and oh, he, he just went to the NFL and took the, took the, the Jaguars to a bunch of playoffs. All right. He did. Chris Johnson comes along. ECU pumped out far more talent than anyone. Don't who, you forget about Ernest Biner out there. Yeah. Probably ever knew. So I don't know how. I don't know how the state of North Carolina has five power five teams in it based on its, uh, or I guess they don't. ECU is, but ECU is the most SEC like of any of those. Well, they beat all the other power five schools yeah, that's in true. North Carolina. That's true. They did it last year against North Carolina. You know what it is? ECU has the same issue. No offense to any of you pirates out there. Not necessarily an academic powerhouse, so to speak, but you know, plenty of beer flowing. <laughs> I think for a, a, a conference like the ACC that might be uh, tempted to take them, it's the same thing that West Virginia faced. They're just like, you don't, you're not up to stuff academically. Then again, a Florida state, you know, yeah, they crossed that university barrier. of Miami. Are you kidding? Me? Right? Exactly. Actually, I think it's since it's a private school, it's academically decent outside of the football program. Yeah. Louisville, I don't think, is an academic powerhouse. Yeah. Louisville had I that racist it, Papa John's right, shit as thing long back as, in them. Right. It benefits the ACC like to a point. Yeah, fuck They'll them. ignore the academics. We're coming for you. We're coming for you on Saturday, August 31st. But before we get to this schedule, I want to say Mike Houston's the new coach. Yeah. Mike Houston comes over from James Madison. You probably hear us talk about him every week. Love what he's doing, though. He brings in. Offensive coordinator Donnie Kilpatrick, who used to be at East Carolina just two or three seasons ago under a little Ruffin McNeil. Love that. Love the way they're heading right there. Oh, yeah. He returns two capable quarterbacks, Patty C. And I'm telling you, look, Scotty Montgomery was an awful coach. But he recruited well. So I'm telling you, this team's got some talent. 
Holton Allers, or Allers, or I don't know how to pronounce that. Allers, Allers, Allers. Yeah, and Reed Herring, both at quarterback. They're both capable. I've watched them both. I think they're both decent. Four starters back on the offensive line. Running back, they got two solid, capable running backs, although Anthony Scott is gone, the former Tennessee transfer. But they got Hussein Howe, senior running back, little speedster, and they got a little power back in Darius Penix. Darius Penix, Patty C, I haven't seen a runner run like this since John Riggins. Big, white, running back. <laughs> there have been a few since Riggins that Toby filled Toby Garrett. T- Gerhard, Gerhard is the first one that comes to mind. Tommy Vardell. Tom Rathman. Oh, basically anyone that went to Stanford. Right. Right. <laughs> Tell me, did Rathman go to Stanford? No, he was Nebraska. Oh, okay, I was about to say. He was Nebraska. Same difference. You got to love how the Niners had a Nebraska backfield. Roger Craig and Rathman. That is amazing. Well, I mean, they picked from a talented uh, hotbed there, so... It worked out for him. You got. You'd have to say. All right, look at this. ECU's got six of the top eight pass catchers back. Seven starters back on defense. Three of the four starters back up front. The only real weakness here is they lose three or four starters on the defensive backfield. Now look, they they could say, oh, they weren't very good last year, but they lose three or four starters on the defensive backfield. You know, they got Colby Gore coming back. Guys named Colby have big dick energy. <laughs> Not Kobe. Colby. So what I'm saying here is this, Patty C. Yeah. The Pirates, look, they need to improve this. They only had five interceptions all last year. That's not good. Yeah, that's really terrible. All right, but that's going to happen because this new defensive coordinator is aggressive. You saw him. He brought over the whole coaching staff of the James Madison Dukes. Which tells you right there that if, uh, previous success is to be transferred, then great things are coming. There we go. To Greenville. Vegas says the over under is at three, three and a half, Ooh. depending on shop, shop around, shop around. Let's take a little gander at, I can tell you that week one, look, the spreads at 21 points. Last I saw, I'm telling you take. Oh, I fully no. There's a, this is a lock. Yeah. Bet, bet your money on this. 21 points I saw as the spread. Bet your money and, now. And, and shall I remind you guys that at a halftime of a uh, ECU game this year, when they were introducing Mike Houston, mm-hmm. he said he called out NC State and said, they're coming for you. Yeah. Or we are coming for Look, you. Look, this isn't uh, the type of game that's going to get enough buzz for the spread to move a ton prior to week one. But this... This is a lock, and I would expect the spread to move a little bit just based on the fact that uh, the QB isn't returning for NC State, which yeah, is a huge a lot, factor. Yeah, they lost, lost a lot, lot and people are going to realize that Mike Houston's not dicking around, and you yeah. know there is talent to work with. And uh, if the spread moves, then you can middle the shit out of this and just have a safe bet for yourself. But if not, just take uh, ECU to cover this, even though NC State worked the shit out of them last year. But let me explain the situation. Yeah. They had just fired Scotty Montgomery. Scott, yeah, he wasn't even a lame duck. He was yeah. gone. He was yeah. gone. So then they add they, they they throw a coach in there to coach for one game. It was a makeup game sure. from a hurricane. And no one showed up and NC State beat the shit out of him. Right. But Mike Houston almost won with JMU last year in NC State. Yeah. This is revenge. Yeah. You, you got to figure that uh, ECU and JMU were at the very least, similarly talented. If not, I mean, JMU's been done a great job getting players to come down a level and get automatic eligibility. But that said, ECU, like we mentioned a minute ago, has produced a ton of talent. And Scott Scotty Montgomery, if there's one thing he did do, it was recruit well. Yeah. Coverage there, you know, Mike Houston can coach the shit out of a football team. He's got his whole staff there. 
almost beat NC State last year. Take. Yes. Take who, the Pirates now, to who cover. Who taking money line? I think I got to go NC State, especially because it's in Raleigh. I'm taking the Pirates. See, there's there's the Danton bases inherent bias coming out here. Look. But if he hits on this, there you there will be a for- huge I told you so, <laughs> and you will see Colby Dance Dick in outer space. Oh yeah, oh yeah, buddy, you better believe. All right, ACC Network, you better fucking you you're you're breaking in your brand new network. <laughs> I can't wait till the Pirates take a shit on that network. All right, next up. I got him at one and L. All right. Next up, I got him home game against Gardner Webb, the running Bulldogs. <laughs> Shout out to Eddie Lee Wilkes, the running Bulldogs. Shout out to Eddie Lee Wilkes, the power forward from the New York Knicks in the eighties that went to Gardner Webb. All right. <laughs> Only one person. <laughs> Only one person that I have ever met could pull that one. Uh, look, I got him at two and O, Petty. See, you're like Rain Man a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Extreme autism. <laughs> um, okay, let me get a beer. What do you want, bud? You good? You're gonna, you got to be in Gardner Webb, right? Uh, yeah, I got to be Give me Gardner. another beer. Let's get, let's get loaded. Come on, let's do this. Uh, Patty C, but I got him at two wins. The over-unders at three or three and a half, depending on where you can find the line. I saw it at three at South Point earlier. It's bouncing around. Shop and shop well and listen to me this year. I, I am calling for the Pirates to be heavy on the over as you will find out as I go through the rest of the schedule week three, they play at Navy. And that's, that's one that scares me because traditionally Navy has been a thorn in the pirate side. Well, yeah. And all reports point to Navy taking a step forward after a couple down years. I'm going to say they, 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 they lose to Navy. Ooh. So I got them at two and one to start the season. See, here's where I think again, the Mike Houston effect they might beat Navy. Yeah, makes this game fucking interesting. Annapolis is beautiful, but I don't know that Navy has a gigantic home field advantage. You know? Who are you taking? I guess I got to take Navy, too, just because you got to figure they're going to improve, but I, I expect this to be a fucking dogfight. So you got them at one and two. Okay. Then they host uh, William and Mary. So I got my Pirates at three and one. They're already on the over, Patty. So you're potentially, you know, <laughs> right. three, three and a half. You're on the verge of the yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, then week four or week five, they're at Old Dominion. I got them beat us. I got us beating Old Dominion. I have to agree with that, even though, uh, wait, Ballard Stadium. I thought they were playing at Foreman Field, ODU. Are they, uh, oh, they must have renamed it. Hmm. Ooh. Is that a woman? S S B Ballard Stadium. I don't know. S S. It sounds like a, a fucking uh, uh fucking uh, submarine, <laughs> right? Yeah, or just any kind of boat. I think. I don't well, know. Trust me, they'll be sinking in the water if the pirates Hello. come through that piece of shit place. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, look, I got him. <laughs> I got him at four and one, buddy. You're tripping, but I have him at three and two because I think they get that win too. Although they could easily lose that game because Old Dominion has. Showing some improvement. Actually, Old Dominion kind of sucked last year. Three and two. They get a buy, and then they're at... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Then they get a Thursday night game at home. Oh, That's huge. Oh, will Dowdy Ficklin Stadium be rocking for this one? Who is Temple coming off of the previous week here? Let's take a look. See, Temple is coming off a home game against Georgia Tech. 
there could be a letdown potential oh, here if they man. get their power. And that's their former coach coaching at Georgia Tech. Oh, there's definitely going to be some. I am emotions. taking the Pirates are going to be five and one. Are we really doing this? Temple's just a better team. Than are we ACI. really doing yeah, this? You're five doing and it. one. I'm not. I'm five saying and one, three buddy. and three. Okay. So just give us the national championship now. Ooh. This team is definitely getting the over. It's ridiculous yeah. if they're really a three win. But look, five and one, they get a buy. They're at UCF. That's when they get that's that's a loss. Yeah. All right, they're five. I'm glad we haven't gone, gotten too out of control with our delusions here. Five and two, right? Five and two. I think they lose at home on homecoming to South Florida. Yeah. Five and three. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. But they rise up. No, you're stupid. Upset. I just called this one. Yeah. They, they upset the Cincinnati Bearcats six and three. I disagreed with that, but I'm going to say they're uh, four and five at this point. And then they're at SMU seven and three. <laughs> this is a good sorry, game. Seven and three. How That's I, a yeah, long three, trip yeah. out to Dallas. Okay. Sonny Dykes is a relatively proven commodity. You know, he's in yeah. year two. Yeah. So Shane Bouchelle. Yeah. Former Texas quarterback. This is not a gimme. I don't know why you passed over this game so quickly as if it was a shoo-in. ECU went three. three and nine last year. <laughs> they sucked balls. Okay. Who are you taking? I'm taking SMU to win this game. <laughs> You're Four a and fool. six. You're Four a and fool. six. All right. I got them at seven and three. They get a bye week before they're at UConn. Just loaded up eight and three. Five and six. Home to Tulsa. Nine and three. The Pirates are going nine and three Listen in year to this one. Fucking idiot. Okay. All right. Look, worst comes to worst. What? Eight and four. <laughs> I got him going six and six. You got Mike Houston bowling in year one. I got Mike Houston bowling in year I'm one. I'm on the over. I'm going to lock this one up. I think it's very lockable. They, they're they're giving them three games. They really weren't paying any attention. Look, maybe I like to think that I am more critical of the teams that I love, you know, but I, when I'm, when Mike Houston came in there, I was like, damn, this guy is kicking ass at everything he's doing. Every element of every phase of the game, he would just be far, far, far more prepared than the other team he was playing. So he's kind of like the college experience of head coaches. Just amazing. Cause yeah. we're far and far more prepared because I don't think other pe- podcasts know who Eddie Lee Wilkes is. Other I, sports podcasts. I don't know who Eddie Lee Wilkes is. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess you're far more prepared with random shit that's jammed somewhere. The, the useless mind right? the attacks useless. again. That's right. <laughs> but we are both in agreement that the over is obviously the play here for ECU. Nick NC Nick is on the over as well. Next up, man, we got a long way to go, Patty. See, we got to start cranking this shit mm-hmm. out. Next up is Been doing that since I was 13 years old. Hello, the. Houston Cougars. Let me tell you this though. Dana Holgerson shocks the world, leaves West Virginia, a power five for a, a allegedly a group of five with the Houston Cougars, uh, returns home to his home state. I believe Derek King. Let me ask you this. What's that? What are the odds? I mean, really, what are the odds that Houston has a clean program? You know, this just screams of a program that, is just throwing money around, booster money around. They do have a little bit of Miami in the 80s yeah, going, I think. Very much, very much. And I love it because the basketball team got you got Kelvin Sampson. He's winning a bunch at, at basketball. I like what Houston's doing. Yeah, they're fun. You know? And I like what he's got coming back to Eric King, Patty C. 
Yeah. Are you sold on this guy? Yeah. He's a beast. Heisman candidate, some say. Houston averaged reminds 44 me, points a game last year. Reminds me a bit of, this is going to be superfluous, uh, or not, I don't know if that's the word, hyperbole. I don't know. I'm still trying to find a fancy word for what I'm trying to say. What's the guy from Clemson a couple years back? Woody Dantzler. No. Who uh, plays for the Texans? Willie Simmons. Oh, uh, Deshaun Watson. He, okay. He's got a little Watson in him. Okay. I could see that. He's got the wheels, but his main gift is his arm. You know, his well, arm's not as good as Watson's. Don't get me wrong. Here. Holgerson comes into a team that averaged 44 points a game on offense last year. That's incredible. All right. Uh, just to just to throw DR King's, you know, big dick energy in the air. Uh, 36 passing touchdowns, 14 rushing touchdowns. That totals 50, 5-0 touchdowns, Patty C. That's Heisman numbers. All right. He returns senior running back Patrick Carr had f- averaged 5.7 yards of rush last year. And they also bring in Texas transfer Kyle Porter at running back. And they returned 10 of the top 12 wideouts, <laughs> including Marquez Stevenson, who had over a thousand yards from last year. Half the teams in college football don't even have 12 receivers with a catch. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. The O line. All right. They, they got, they got some questions at guard, but they they return their tackles in the center. So they, they're returning three out of the five. Mm-hmm. It's really, they are breaking in two new guards, a little bit of concern there, but um, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, they lose Ed Oliver and five of the seven top tacklers. But strangely enough, Ed Oliver and the Houston Cougars defense was dog shit last year. They gave up 70 to army. Mm. Maybe partially because Ed Oliver refused to play Yeah, a bunch of those games, but he also wore a coat and got yelled at. Weird well, things happening. He wore on the a side. red coat, and Petty. See, I've always said you're kind of a red coat. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're a turncoat. You're a you're a Benedict Arnold. I guess they're the same thing, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, look, well, well, what's interesting here is uh, is our guy Holgerson went the JUCO route for the most part. Got a bunch of JUCOs coming in on defense. Also got a Minnesota transfer coming in. He's got a UCLA transfer and Colin Samuel coming in. Defense is an issue, but Patty C, you, you gotta like what this team's got. I like how you back. just brush over defense is an issue, but well, I I, I blame a lot of that on uh, Major Applewhite. I've always been a Major Applewhite guy, Patty C, but yeah. let's be honest, I thought he was kind of a shitty coach. Yeah, and we're talking pre-episode here, and Houston maybe petitioning for a Big Twelve invite at some point is modeling their. Uh, identity after exactly what the rest of the Big 12 uh, teams do or had been doing for a minute and what basically Texas football seems to be doing, which is just throw the fucking ball around the field and don't worry about defense. And so, yeah. And, and can I say this? When you look at the their schedule, and I'm going to tell you the win total in a second, but give it up for the big dick energy that the Cougars have put together because three out of their four uh, out-of-conference games, I believe, were teams that won 10 games or more last year. That's fucking, that's a nice stat. Yeah. Uh, the Cougars, by the way, Vegas sets the over and under at eight. Who were those teams that they beat last year out of conference? No, this year, I'm saying. Uh, this year, the schedule, three out of four out of conference. And we're all. This coming year. Our, not last year. Yeah, so at Oklahoma, obviously, to open the state uh, season. Wazoo. Wazoo. North Texas. North Texas. Damn, that's solid ass scheduling. Okay. Now we talked about this a little bit. Pre- That's a team that if they win their conference and uh, w- and go undefeated with that schedule. Well, they play UCF too. So and Memphis, 
That, they could have a lot of big time wins. That's a schedule right there that might break into a, a playoff conversation, an invitational conversation, I should say. They're not going to do it though. Do, we were talking. We were talking uh, pre podcast. That offense is returning everybody. Yeah. Oklahoma's defense has been horrible for the past few no. years. Now they bring in Alex Grinch. We're talking about the Sooners. Uh, if you're talking about a straight possession for possession shootout. You always have to favor Houston in that, you know, because you don't know what uh, How Hurts will be. Yeah, if Hurts will be able to throw with it, De'Aaron King. Here's another thing: it's a Sunday night game on national television. Interesting, but it's in Norman. If it was neutral, maybe. I don't know, man. And by the way, if you listen to the sports gambling podcast and the sports they get gam- that one all to themselves, the, you- the whole day to themselves. If you listen to the Sports Gambling Podcast, you might remember two years ago when Baker Mayfield was the quarterback of the Sooners. might have been three years ago. Uh, they went into Houston. And if you follow the Dante base back then, kudos to you because I am going to throw my dick in the air as saying, as not only did I say take the points, I said take the money line. They were a double-digit dog, Patty C. Yeah. And I said take Houston money line. And guess what happened? <laughs> that wasn't enough. Houston whooped that ass, but yeah, you should have given Oklahoma 20 points and you still would have, (laughs) but uh, okay. What do you think though? At week one? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I guess because it's in Norman, you have to take Oklahoma. They're money in in, in Norman. Yeah. So I got Owen one for the Cougs week two. They they welcome in the Prairie view a and M Panthers, Patty C. Mm -hmm. That's a win, right? Dear King probably throws for seven touchdowns. All Mm -hmm. right. This is the one I'm curious. This is a Friday night game. Things are going to be hectic here. This is also from the Houston Texans stadium, NRG stadium, I believe. They host the Washington State. This is going to be a fucking Mike fun game. Leach against his his former coach that coached under him, Dana Holgerson. Yeah, they know. I believe they call that an assistant. Yeah, uh, those are big words for me right now. <laughs> um, who do you got in this, Petty C? I think I got Washington State coming in and getting this W. Ooh, 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 ooh. This is a really good game, dude. Yeah. I'll go Washington State too. I mean, I it's a little early for Holgerson, but I don't feel like he's going to be introducing many concepts that Applewhite didn't already have in place. And I mean, Minshew's gone from Washington State. It's a bit of a long trip. Uh, they have Gr- Gabe Grubbard coming in, who is the. Uh, uh, he was at Eastern Washington, took them to the national championship last year. Well, then at least they have some talent there. Yeah. I just think uh, Leach is a more, I don't know if he's a more proven well, coach. I, I, I just I, think he's a better coach. I think he's a more proven coach. Maybe. What? Holgerson's had some good years. Nothing like Leach's years. Yeah, I Texas guess he had, Tech or last yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, he is. You're right. He is a more proven coach. I, I'll take Wazoo, but I don't, that game is like a 53 to 47 percent thing that I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, but watch out for the letdown game after this. I feel mm. like Tulane's given the Cougars some problems in years past. I think last year Houston did beat them, but I think a couple of the years previously, Tulane was the thorn in their side. Well, we saw what triple option football did. In the bowl game. Wait. Who wins this game, Patty? See, this is at Tulane. Give me Houston. I'm going to take Tulane to win this game. You're silly. I got, I got them starting at one and three. 
But then they win at North Texas. They got back-to-back away games that we should circle that. That's not a gimme. At Tulane, at North Texas. At North Texas. They put it together for, for North Texas. I got them at two and three, Patty C. Do their first five. I should note also that that Tulane game is a Thursday night game. Mm, that, that factors. That certainly factors. I mean, are you just going to leave that? Willie Fritz, triple option. But... Yeah, but he well look he kind of goes well. It depends how heavily. Last year they made a little bit of transition. Houston gave up seventy points against Army in their fucking I know, but, but Fritz they started to pass more last year. Ah, uh, you think who he's does uh, that affect? They still are he- or run heavy, but yeah. they passed a lot more than a traditional Willie Fritz team. Okay, Be- because Justin McMillan's strength was passing, which I think shows the uh, mark of a good coach. Play to your Talents play to your strengths. Does that hurt their chances to beat Houston? <sighs> I have Tulane winning this game. I don't. I think Houston's just a far more talented team at this point. So you have them at what? You have them at I got them at three four and, and two after North Texas. No, three and two after North yeah, Texas. Yeah, I have them at I have them at two and three. Mm-hmm. They get a bye week. Then they are home to Cincinnati. We have them beating Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So three and three. Then they follow that with at UConn. That game could be cold, but uh, I think they're going to win that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, four and three. Then they're home to SMU. Five and three. Sure. Then they're at UCF. <laughs> five and four. I agree. Five and four. Dangerous game. Then they get a bye week in their home to Memphis, and I think they're going to beat Memphis at home. I do too. Six. A lot of things are calling this the game of the year in the American. For the Western Division. So I kind of have to agree. I think those are the two teams that are in contention. So wait, what are my wins right here? I got Perry View, North Texas, Cincinnati, UConn, SMU. That's five. Memphis, six. They follow that with at Tulsa. I think they get the win there. Seven. Sure. And then the final game of the season, home against Navy. Mm, another dangerous one <laughs> with the triple option. <laughs> You got to give them the favor. I'm going to have them beat. It's in Houston. They're going to win. They just one. had some good years. Um, Eight wins. I, got I have, them, I have them on the mark. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll take, if I have to pick, cause it's at eight and I can't just say, Oh, I'll, I'll take them at eight. Yeah. I'm going to put them as the over because I think the chances of them beating Tulane or Washington state or even Oklahoma or UCF, it's much more possible yeah. than them losing. Yeah. 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 Know, I don't know about much more possible. I mean, if they're going to have that much trouble against the triple option again this year, that's two teams on their that's schedule. Two. Right? That's two. Uh, but I am on the over, Petty C. You? I'm on the over. All right. You know who else is on the over, Petty C? Who's that? The over is a great thing to have in life. It is. People betting on you. <laughs> people confident in you. People throwing their big dick you energy know, your and, way. And speaking Pause. of that. You know who else is just great with big dick energy? Is we want to say <laughs> at mybookie.ag. The Sports Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and the College Experience is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is now offering their own super NFL Super Contest. Each week you make five picks against the spread. $100,000 prize minimum guaranteed for first place. Every dollar they receive will go as an entry fee into the prize pot. No vig. The entry fee is only $100. MyBookie.ag backslash super contest to secure your spot. When you do, make sure you use the promo code SGP50 to get your 50% deposit bonus. You play, you win, you get paid over at MyBookie.ag. All right, next up, Patty C. 
the Memphis Tigers. We Tigers at the podcast, Patty C. Yes, we are. At the college experience. All right, Mike Norvell is back. Surprisingly. Well, guess who else is back? Brady White, that quarterback who had a good year last year. By the way, can we just talk about how great the Arizona State uh, quarterback backfield was or whatever the fuck you want to say? Quarterback uh, bullpen, whatever. Uh, quarterback uh, locker room. <laughs> quarterback room. Quarterback stable. Stable. Yeah. Okay, look, they had Manny Wilkins, who was a beast the past couple of years. They Well, look, he was a starter last year at Arizona State. He was a good quarterback. I like Manny Wilkins. Brady White, who's good at Memphis, was in that quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Perkins from the starting quarterback of Virginia was in that quarterback room. And same with a little guy named Blake Barnett. You have four starting quarterbacks. Yeah. That's impressive. Four winning starting How quarterbacks. How can Miami go right. 20 years without a quarterback? <laughs> and Arizona State has four. And, and, and beyond that, Miami after the 80s didn't produce a single solid pro quarterback the entire time, have they? Gino Toretta won Heisman. Ken Dorsey won. They had a guy named Ryan Collins one year, I remember. Yeah. He was nothing. Frank Costa. That, that team produced so much. There was literally uh, the fifth string running back was a pro bowler and all the running backs in front of him. Wasn't, was it Najee Davenport? Yeah. Uh, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, uh, Edron James. Yeah. Like all it was four ridiculous. Those, it was one of the most right. ridiculous. And then you've got fucking uh, core. Uh, Willis McGahee, I think. Was yeah. Willis McGahee too. And then like, who's the quarterback? I mean, Dorsey was good for college, but. After Dorsey, who they when you're like, throwing Brock to Roscoe Parrish and yeah. uh, Andre Johnson and fucking yeah. Santana Moss every and fucking Jeremy Shockey, yeah, <laughs> good lord, and the other tight end Jeremy, uh, the guy on the fucking Packers and the Saints and the Seahawks. Uh, well, there's the rapist. Uh, no, the tight end that plays basketball. Uh, Bubba Franks. No, Jesus, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Bubba Franks. He was uh, a tight end too, though. For yeah, them. but no, I was talking about Kellen Winslow. Hello. Uh, there is a rapist there. He raped a 50-year-old homeless, a 58-year-old yeah, homeless what, woman. That dude's That's a not even funny. That's just a yeah. piece. Of, what do you mean it's not even funny? Like what? Most rape jokes are really funny? No, they're not. I mean, it, right? it, it's so weird. It should be funny, but it's still just yeah. like bizarre. He's a fucking psycho. Though. It shouldn't be funny. I'm sorry. That's that's messed up. You don't you don't joke about rape. I I do believe that. I think that's fucked up. All right. Yeah. All right, but anyway, look. Norvell's back. Brady White's back. They lose star running back Daryl Henderson, who averaged nine yards per carry. Patrick Taylor uh, is back, who had over a thousand yards running last year. This team actually rushed for a lot of fucking yards last year. They were fourth in the nation in uh, yards per game, seventh in scoring. That's called the Norville offense being absolute fire. Uh, they returned Demonte Coxie, seventy-two catches, had over a thousand yards. Also got wide receiver Pop Williams joining him. Gotta love that, Patty C. And then your favorite, the tight end, Joey Magnif- <laughs> Magnifico. Magnifico. That's yeah. a great name. Dude, 17 yards per catch, five touchdowns. Let's recap again for the fans there. <laughs> What's the receiving core consist of? DeMonte Coxie. This is just like you want more Coxie. Yeah. And then uh, Pop Williams, Pop Warner almost right there. There you go. And then Joey Magnifico. Magnifico. There you go. Jesus. Why can't I? <laughs> um, they return a lot of talent. That's the though. fanciest wide receiving core in the nation. That is pretty beautiful. Dustin Woodward is the star of the O-line. Uh, they lose both tackles, so that's a little bit of question questions right there. Uh, defensively, they were fourth in the conference against the run. Ten of the top 12 tacklers are back, including uh, the great edge player Bryce Huff. Linebackers are looking good with Austin Hall and Tim Hart in the secondary. Well, they were awful last year. 
but uh, you know, only had nine picks. You got to figure they're going to attack them again because they score a ton of points. And uh, yeah, they got the, the best secondary, best uh, player of the secondary is TJ Carter back. Uh, Patty C. Tigers are kind of loaded. Memphis, the over and unders at nine in Vegas. Patty C. Mm. We, that's a that's getting getting bold. Well, we're looking at last year's schedule. They finished what eight and five. No. But Brady White, another no, year under six center. losses. What is it? Seven and six that they finished? That sounds, I don't, maybe Brady White's first year last year. Yeah, they had six losses last year. Um, but that includes it might have been, I don't know. They played 14. I'm I gotta fucking add this up. <laughs> they lost a couple close games, though. Three point loss in the bowl game against Wake Forest, lost by one. At the at Liberty Stadium against UCF in a game they probably should have won. Let's yeah. be honest. Oh, they were they blew like a, a huge huge lead. lead yeah. yeah, and then uh, went on the road to Annapolis and took a one point loss there. So this team is actually probably a little better than their record indicates last year. All right, now week one uh, when we did our projections a couple weeks ago, you had them beating Ole Miss. You know, as we went through this roster, I think I agree with you now. I think I was on Ole Miss before. Yeah. The roster seems like the whole entire offense is back. Stacked in Memphis's favor. Ole Miss is switching to a Rich Rodriguez offense, which almost like makes me want to uh, take Ole Miss. But the fact that this game is in Memphis, yeah, you got to give not me. in Oxford. Yeah, I am going to take the, That's huge. The, the Tigers on the upset. You know for a damn fact too, with a program like Memphis on the way up, that that fan base is going to be lit. Well, for the that last first time game. Ole Miss came into Old uh, Liberty uh, Stadium, they got their ass whooped by Memphis. Well, there you go. Uh, so I'm going to have Memphis history to w- win that one itself. too. Although I, I had Ole Miss a, a few weeks ago. Um, week two, they get Southern. That's a win. Week three at South Alabama. That's a win. They're three and zero. Patty, so. yeah. Take a bye week, and then they're hosting Navy. This is great scheduling by them. Yes. they host Navy on a Thursday night, meaning they get a long week and or Navy gets a, a week and a half week. to prepare for the triple option, right? And then by having a Thursday game. They give themselves well, Navy a, long has a bye week. week before that too, though. Ooh, still, I still, I feel yeah. like they, 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 it's better the team that's preparing for the triple yeah. option always yeah. benefits most. So I got them at four now. I do too. And then at a little Louisiana, bit of a long Monroe, week going into Monroe, Monroe for president James Monroe. Yes. Uh, Greg Monroe. Uh, and we have it at five. I have it at five and oh, yep. This is where it gets a little tricky. Yeah. It's it a little hairy going up to the link. I think they lose this game. I think so too. Because they're that's a physical football team they're playing. Yeah. Memphis doesn't strike me as a physical football team. Yeah. Uh Temple. It's at Temple. I got Temple grabbing this one. So five and one. Then they come back to Memphis to take on Tulane. Six and one? Yeah. Uh then they're at Tulsa. Tulsa's gonna bite one of these teams. One of these teams, but you just have to fucking yeah. play it. Yeah. You don't know which one it is. So, uh, so, so uh, oh, seven and one. Then they're home to SMU eight and one by week before Houston. Great scheduling. Yeah. Uh, There's their other big Gotta game. go to Houston. I still have them taking that. Yeah, that's a lot. Ooh, their final three games of the season. Yeah. Going to South Florida. It's eight and two when they lose to Houston at South Florida. I mean, I would favor Memphis by a little bit. I think I'm taking South Florida. I don't know. I guess I'm going to take, take Memphis to get that done. Yeah. I'm going to say they win nine and then they're home to Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati winning that game. 
So I have Memphis winning that game. So we even it up on there. So we both got nine and three. The problem is the over unders at nine. If I have to lean, I'm going to lead under. Going lean under. Let's look at the guarantee. I mean, by the way, just to, just to confirm NC Nick was on the over at, uh, at Houston as well. And, and East Carolina as well for the for, NC Nick's on the under with Memphis. Hmm. I'm taking the over on Memphis. Whoa. Hi. Hi. Hey, we got some contrast going on here. We do. All right, man. Next up on the schedule is the Navy midshipman. Gotta love what Ken Niamatololo's doing. Look, he had a bad year. Here's what I can guarantee. That could be a mistake, man. Because if they come in and lose that Ole Miss game in week one, it's likely they're getting the under. That's a huge game for them. That's football, buddy. That's true. Uh, I'm talking about Navy and Ken Niamatololo right now. Yeah. Because here's one thing. Look, he had a tough year last year. He doesn't normally ever struggle back-to-back years, Petty C. And yet he has. And yet no. he has. What were they two years ago? They made a bowl. They whooped the tar out of Virginia in the bowl. I think they were still like seven and six. Yeah, but that's still decent. Yeah. Navy, it's not me? a true struggle. Yeah. Um, he's back for the 12th year in Annapolis. Yeah, seven and six two years ago. All right, right, Navy had the fifth best rushing offense in the nation last year, but that's always a little jaded because they throw like four passes a year. Malcolm Perry is back at quarterback. They they switched him around a little bit last year, but he's back. And five of the top seven rushers are gone. And the O line they lose four. But this is one of those things, Patty. See, we talk about this on previous podcasts that I don't really care who who leaves because it's the triple option. Yeah, plug and play. And uh, mainly the the big thing that I see here is they hired a new defensive coordinator in Brian Newberry. They were 86th in the nation in defense last year, and that's a little bit on Navy. Like five of the top six tacklers are gone, but that could be a good thing. Newberry switching over to the four two five defense. Who do they got at quarterback? They got Malcolm Perry. How's he looking? He's a good option quarterback. Yeah, I but, feel like for an option team, it really. As the quarterback goes, the team. Yeah, goes. I think he's yeah. a solid quarterback there. Now, defensively, they got to get some type of pass rush, and they have a guy that I thought you'd be curious. They have a linebacker that, I mean, honestly, is their best player on defense, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say this thing: <laughs> Diego Faggot. <laughs> God. F a g o t. There it is. Fagot. Fago, maybe. Yeah, is the T silent? I don't know. I don't think you're wrong in uh, pronouncing it. <laughs> uh, I had to I, say that one. You know this guy, don't you? Um, There's a reason that he's a destructive player on the defensive side of the ball. I'm sure <laughs> that exact. Okay, Vegas confusion right there. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas has the over under at five and a half. I can tell you just without looking at the schedule, Niamatololo will take this team bowling again. Yep. Now let's take a look at the schedule and maybe we find out that this is much harder Week than we one, anticipate. They play Holy cross. That's a win. Week two, they get a buy. Then they host East Carolina. I got them at two and L start mm. the season. You do too, Patty C. Cause you fucking predict them. them up to go up there. Week three, they get a buy. <laughs> what the hell is going on with the schedule? Uh, week four, they're at Memphis. We have that as a loss, right? Yeah. I still think that's a winnable game, but it's a loss. Um, two oh and three. No two, one at one. At, oh, no, you, I have them at two and one. Two and one. 
yeah. Then they host Air Force, and I think they're going to beat Air Force because it's in Annapolis. That's cross country. Yeah. Should be a 17-14 game, though. So we got them at three and one. Three and one. Then they're at Tulsa. I'm going to go four and one. Tulsa's run defense was terrible last year. Yeah. I don't know. This, this is the one where you think Tulsa might bite them. Yeah. Yeah. They'll show up to one of them. Yeah. Four and one for... Uh, I'm having them take the L. I got them at three and two. Okay. I got, I got them at four and one. And then they host South Florida. They're going to lose that game, right? I they could know. win that game. I got them winning that game. Either way, between those two, it's probably a wash, a win and a loss. Yeah, I got them losing to South Florida. And here's an interesting game. They host Tulane. Tulane is kind of a team that plays Navy very well because they practice against that triple right. option so much. I guess I'll give them the win here. Yeah, I'm going to give them the win, I guess. But your your guy Willie Fritz, he knows how to stop the option. And you're, yeah. I mean, he, he you make it seem like the guy's building something special over he there. He is, he is. I mean, well, I don't know how to handle that because Neil Montalolo has been down, but Neil, uh, he's done it for something. Ken has done it for so long that so what, one, you got to wonder: is it a three, four? I got him. If they beat Tulane here, this is a true fifty-fifty game to me. Yeah, but, if they beat Tulane here, I got him at five wins. Then they're they're at UConn, six wins. Sure. Although that's a losable game too. Mm-hmm. You think? No. <laughs> okay. Then they get a bye week, I'm and then they're at Notre Dame. He's keep making sure I'm awake over yeah. here. <laughs> at Notre Dame, that's an L. Okay, then home to SMU. That should be a win. Yep. So I got about six right there. So they're on the over right there. And then they play at Houston and lose. And then the final game of the season is against Army, which they probably lose, but that would be a dogfight. Potentially undefeated Army football team. I have them having six wins. Not I am on the win. over with Navy, but I tell you this. What's the over-under on this? Five and a half. Five and a half. <laughs> yeah, just on the fact that you got to figure that Niamatololo is going to have them improve. If they lose to Tulane, though, that makes them at five what, wins. What gets, uh, what gets him fired? No, he's got more years. He's got more he's, years. Navy's one of those. What are, yeah, they won't fire him. But what about like a two-win season there? Do they? I think they would still give him one more one year. One more year. Yeah. Um, okay, next up. We still got teams, man. This shit is taking its time. That's what happens when you go through every fucking game. That's what happens when you're reviewing the most exciting conference in, in football. college football. Next up is one of the most beautiful uniforms in all of college football, the SMU Mustangs. I want to see them come back, but unfortunately, I don't think Sonny Dykes is the answer here. I think he's a decent coach. Yeah. Sonny Dykes, former Cal coach, former OC of Texas Tech, and former Louisiana Tech head coach, he takes over. Uh, he was at TCU last year, and he brings in Shane Bouchelle, a transfer from Texas, because his quarterback from last year, Ben Hicks, left for Arkansas. Dykes is known for running the air raid offense or a form of the air raid offense. Uh, so he brings back a bunch of receivers, including James Prochet or Proch. I don't know how he pronounces that. <laughs> He's uh, had great numbers last year. And then they bring in some, some, some talent from the outside, former West Virginia wide receiver, Reggie Robertson, Roberson and uh, former Notre Dame wide receiver, CJ Sanders. So they got, they're bringing in some, some nice pieces around them. They were dead last on the ground last year with just a hundred fifteen yards per game, but they bring back their senior running back, Xavier Jones. 115 yards per game rushing. They never commit to the run. Is the most pathetic thing I think I've ever heard of. They never commit to the run. Look, that's why. If you're passing that much, you should stumble into 115 yards. Your running lane should be so wide open 
that if you hand the ball off once, you should fucking pick up 20, 30 yards of pop. Yeah. You know, look, the defense was trash last year. All right. Horrible in pass protection. Uh, but last year they had four new starters on the defensive line. Those guys are back this year. 10 of the top 11 tacklers are back on defense. Nine starters in, in, entirely back on defense. Bringing in an Illinois, uh, Illinois, now Illinois transfer and Patrick Nelson at safety and a Texas A&M transfer going, they'll go in the transfer route. They got, uh, I mean, look, they're bringing back their, their best corner. Uh, senior Robert, Robert Hayes is back at corner. Trevor Denbull back at, he plays the hybrid linebacker safety position. And, uh, Patty C what do you think of the SMU Mustangs? Uh, I think they're hot garbage again, but uh, Vegas. I do enjoy their uniforms. I do enjoy their history, the Pony Express. I enjoy their potential. Vegas has the over-under at six, so they think they might be bowling. Mm, let's take a look at the schedule, but I have my serious, serious I got here. them losing week one. You got them going to Arkansas State and taking an L. No, no, no. Actually, I think, man, that's a tough game, though. A little bit. I got SMU winning that one. Let's say yeah. SMU gets that done. Sure. One and no. Then I got them losing this one. North Texas is going to beat them. Mm. Mason fine. Mason. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you. All right. So one and one. Then they're home to Texas State, the Bobcats. I got I got uh, them getting that done against Texas State. I would have to concur with you. All right. And then week four. I know you're all over the uh, the Horn Frogs. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I got I got uh, two straight road L's. Yeah, back to back road games normally fair, awful for anyone in college football. So, uh, as we've proven statistically for you. Yes. Be right back. I'm gonna okay. go grab myself another Bruto. You do that. So you got them losing at South Florida too. So that makes me I I would have them at what two and three, and I think you you you're backing me on that, Patty C. Then they host on Saturday, October 5th. They host the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Who you got in that game, Patty C? What are you thinking here? Tulsa, SMU in Dallas. Ooh, talk about two evenly matched teams. Um, I think I think Sonny Dice is going to start to turn this program around a little bit. So give me the Stangs. I'm going to go Tulsa on you here. Oh, God. I'm going to go Tulsa. I get so sick and tired of this shit. <laughs> He just says this shit to fucking. They're gonna be two and four. Disagree with me. Two and four. They got a bye week. Then they're home to. You know what it is? Because he throws his dick in the air higher than I do when he (laughs) when he fucking wins, and so he knows that there's no risk for betting against me. I'm not gonna bring it back on him, but I'm gonna make the promise that I'm gonna I'm gonna make you pay for these. All right, look. Then then you're gonna make you couldn't pay for a fucking sandwich. All right. They're on a bye week. Then they're home to the Temple Owls. That's going to be a loss. So what do I got them at there? Two and six. Then they're at Houston, two and seven at Memphis. Whew, they got some brutal back-to-back away games. Two and eight. Home to East Carolina, two and nine. You get a bye week. They're at Navy, two and ten. Then they're home to Tulane. I think maybe they get three wins. I am on the under in SMU here. I got them winning like... Three or four, but I think I'm still on the under. I think that ECU game is going to be tighter than you think it is. Pirates will find a way to 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 win, buddy. That's what they did. Done. They find a way last year. 
<laughs> they guy. found a way to get North Carolina, they did. to the moon. <laughs> Hello. Hey. True. So did a lot of other teams, though. Don't get too cocky. Buddy. Give the Mustangs a little credit. Okay. We're both on the under. NC Nick's on the under. Next up was we got the Temple Owls. Who? 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 I like that. I like what we're doing here. We gotta love the Temple Owls. Love what they've been doing in football. He's pulling in these coaches left and right. Coaches leaving, going to Boston College, going to Miami, going to Baylor, going to Georgia Tech, going to Miami again right. after a Temple's week. one of these programs that's like you. Th- I'm still on the same thing with Stanford. I'm like, when you're waiting for the shoe to drop, you, you saw them so bad for so long that you think, hey, this is not a program that can sustain success. But at this point, they're starting to push <laughs> yeah. back to the point where, like, hey, this is a fucking. Yeah. Recession-proof program a little yeah, bit, yeah. And I love what they did, coaching hire-wise. I actually think it's a blessing in disguise what happened to them. Yeah, I think Rod Carey's a better head coach than Manny Diaz. There you go. Rod Carey comes over from Northern Illinois to Temple. Well, I think you're absolutely right about yeah. that. I think Manny Diaz may be specifically a better coach for the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, and Rod but Carey, for Temple, but I for think any Rod other Carey team in football. for Temple because they had Manny Diaz hired for a week. Yeah, then he went back to Miami because Rick retired. Yeah, I think it worked out in Temple's favor. They bring back Star. I got to agree with you one hundred percent on that. There we go, buddy. That's why you listen to the College Experience. They bring back quarterback uh, Anthony any Anthony Russo. This guy's a ball player. I like this guy. I like the way he plays. Reminds me of a little Brett Favre. Mm. Uh. That Italiano. Yeah, this offense, this offense is actually, yeah, they lose Armstrong, but they got Brandon Mack led the team in rushing. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, second leader in, in in rusher. Jesus, can I speak? No, you cannot. Okay, they got four starters back on the offensive line. They led the let the fewest sacks allowed in the in in the conference last year. Patty C. Nice. Uh, Brandon Mack led the team in and TDs last year four- at wideout. Or returning offensive lineman that led the league in fewest sacks allowed. Yes. That's a fucking stat to yes. keep in mind. And I'm sorry, Armstrong is gone. Jaygard Gardner is back at running back along with Junior Jennings. They should split some time there. But Brandon Max, a wide receiver, that's a stud. And they also have a speedster in Randy Jones. Stretches the defense. Defensive line-wise, or defensively, uh, six starters... And four of the top seven tacklers are back, Patty C, for one of the top defenses in the AAC. They had 18 interceptions last year. It's decent. That's good. Yeah. Uh, linebacker Sean Bradley had 78 stops. He's their best defender. He's a former running back. He even took some carries at running back last year, Patty C. Nice. You got to put your athletes uh, all over the field. They bring in a Baylor transfer in Harrison Hand at corner. And they also got Sam Franklin. Back he's he's going to provide a helping hand. Uh, nothing like a helping hand, Patty C. You gotta have that. They, uh, that's what they say at that's home. It's like Depot, uh, right? Deshaun Hand, who is from our home area of Northern Virginia. I thought you were talking about John Hand, the former defensive end from Alabama University, who played for the Indianapolis Colts in the late. It looks 80s, like 90s. there's a lot of helping hands out there, and they say good help is hard. What about to find. John Hanna, the offensive lineman for the uh, the Hall of Fame offensive lineman for the New England Patriots? Close enough. That's like a. Uh, you know, foreign version. We just of name hand. any more random players right now. Yeah, Keep Hannah it up. Storm. Hannah Storm. Right, she wasn't yeah. a player, but maybe she was. She was player, player. I bet she All was. All right, enough of this bullshit. 
Let's talk about uh, what we're what we're seeing here with the Temple Owls. Who who Vegas has set mm-hmm. the uh, over under at six and a half. I'm telling you, just on just on reading that team, haven't looked at the schedule yet. I'm gonna say there's a lot of promise there. I'm gonna say they're gonna go over on that. six and a half. Yeah. Well, let's look at this out of conference schedule. Well, they get the Bison of Bucknell. I don't know if they're the Bison of Bucknell. I know they're the Bison with a Z in uh, North Dakota State. This might be Bison. They're going to be slightly less intimidating. Then they get a bye week. And let me ask you this. Last year, they came into uh, good old (laughs) College Park, Maryland, and they beat the shit out of the Maryland Terrapins. (laughs) They're going to do it again. (laughs) I think they are, too, with Loxley there. (laughs) I think Temple is going to go 2-0 and to start the season. Nice. Uh, then they're at Buffalo. This is a tricky game. Buffalo. Um, <laughs> so the, the Buffalo Bulls. And the Buffalo Bulls. Bills, uh, Bulls Mafia will be there, throwing out dildos like they normally do. All right? <laughs> That's a tricky game, though. But you know why it's tricky? It's because they, they're leading up to a game against their former coach at Georgia Tech. Or at home against Georgia Tech, I'm sorry. And it's at Buffalo where I feel like that's... I don't see too much of a look-ahead factor yeah. with Georgia Tech. Um, at Buffalo with a, a team that was really good last year. I'll say they beat. You're in Buffalo. love with Buffalo's coach. I do love the. I, I like Rod Carey too. Though. Was it Leah Leopold? Leopold? Yeah, Lance Leopold. See, the, I, I want to go back a couple episodes and talk about that. I wasn't giving you enough credit or paying really enough con- uh, enough attention, but you're right. Just based on the track record, those that those conferences, those small conferences, really produce. Great coaches, and yes. if those are the ones you said. Lance Leopold, who was the other one? Uh, I love Eastern Michigan's coach, uh, Chris. Chris. Now I'm going to pull it up here. I want to say Chris Claiborne, but it's not Chris Claiborne. There's a linebacker for the Lions. Chris. Gosh, what is it? Chris Creighton. Creighton. Creighton University. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Chris. Creighton. I want to be on the lookout for these guys. Both, now. I, I think both are going to be uh, on the on the next tier of a. Uh, Lance Leopold, Chris yeah. Creighton. You yeah. fuckers heard it here I first. Mean, look at what the max Nick Saban was at Toledo. Urban Meyer was at Bowling Green. Matt Campbell was at Toledo. Yeah. PJ Fleck, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wasn't uh Brian Kelly uh, in yeah, those ranks? Central Michigan. Yeah. You, you can go on and on and on. You can look look. There's a, a ton of uh, they they normally always Butch start Davis. Uh, wasn't he? Didn't Butch he? Jones. Butch Jones. Yeah. yeah. Central Michigan. Yeah. Um, there's more too. Dino Babers. Syracuse. Yeah. There's a bunch. I mean, I mean, Bowling Green. Um, you, you, uh, what's his name? Ball State. Brady Hoke. Some more successful than others. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Randy Walker went to Northwestern before he passed away. He was doing great things at Northwestern before Fitzgerald. Mm. Um, there's a lot, man. There's yeah. a lot. You can dive into that. All right. So anyway, you better start thinking about well, you yours. better start thinking about yours. And I got, uh, I got, uh, uh, give me, this is going to be a close game. Yeah. At Buffalo, I, I got forget what I, pick, I got Temple when I picked the Mac. Did I they pick? went what ten and three last year, Buffalo. Yeah, they lost their starting quarterback, but you got to figure he wasn't and the they only lost reason their, they were their winning. Best wide receiver, Anthony Johnson. Are we shitting on Buffalo? Are we sleeping on them? Give me Temple. I'm taking Temple. Uh, 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 give me Temple too. I guess I'll take. It's gonna be that's gonna be like a twenty to seventeen game. That's gonna be a good game. Um, week four revenge game against their coach Jeff Collins, who's now the head coach at Georgia Tech. Yeah. This is in Philadelphia. I think Temple's going to win this game. Uh, yeah, I do too. I do too. So, so they're going to be five and zero 
or four and zero heading into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, and that's when they lose to East Carolina. Four and one, the Pirates get it done. No, they're not. They're going six and or five and out here. No, you have them six and zero because you have them beating Memphis. I have them beating Memphis as well. Oh wow! So they're five and one. <laughs> Do you have Temple winning the national championship? <laughs> uh, the following week, they're at SMU, which I think is a matchup nightmare for SMU. Yeah. Um, I got them winning that. This team's going to start at seven and one, huh? Mm-hmm. Here's where they hit a little rough patch for me. But they get UCF. October 26th. This could be in rain or something. Yeah. In Philly. A lot of things could have gone wrong. Uh, the, the Memphis game was in a torrential downpour last year and it still didn't stop defending national champion. The very, very golden Knights of Eastern. Okay. So let's take or, the golden uh, Knights to get that central. Down. Yeah. Florida. I should say Eastern Florida. Um, that's probably be a university 10 years from now. Right. Uh, so let's just say UCF gets that done. I still think that's a, that's a dangerous game for UCF. Uh, so I got them at two losses. You got them at one loss. Yeah. They get a bye, then they're at South Florida. I got them taking another loss here. Yeah, I guess so. I think I'll go with you. I'll yep. back you up there. I got them at three losses there. Uh, home to Tulane. That's a win. It's a long trip from Tulane. Don't give me that look. <laughs> this is like a 50-50 game, dude. Colby has a... Suicidal. And did it hit last last year? You want to talk shit? <laughs> did my lock of Tulane over five and a half? It wins did hit? hit. So I understand your, uh, you know, trepidation. And, and everyone was doubting me. Shitting a bunch on them. of people bet that lock. In the beginning of the year, they were doubting me when Tulane started out a little rough. Yeah. You let Willie Fritz coach and do his fucking thing, and things happen. Give me Tulane to beat the the the, the owls. Oh, you're a fucking idiot. Right. Then they lose again at Cincinnati. And then they beat UConn. This team is going to go win one. I think you got them with five losses. Seven and five? Yeah, they're still on the over. I got one, them at two, nine three, and three. Four. Yeah, I got them on the over. What's the... Uh, Six and a half. I'm, I'm awfully tempted to, to lock this team on the over. NC Nick is on the over as well. Yeah. Hey, you better start thinking about yours, buddy. That's right. All right, let's bang these things. We got them coming. Next up is the mighty green wave and Willie Fritz. Ooh. Seven and six last year. Offense passed more. We mentioned this before. Traditionally heavy triple option, but they definitely passed a lot more since they got Justin McMillan, uh, LSU transfer through 10 touchdowns, four picks. Started uh, later in the season when they made their run. Earlier in the season was former Kansas State quarterback Jonathan Banks who started. He's gone now. They bring in a uh, transfer from Southern Miss, Keon Howard, but McMillan should be the man with Howard backing him up. Only two starters re- uh, return on the O-line. That's a little bit of a concern, but they got both their stud running backs. I mean, one of their best offensive player, Darius Bradwell, is back, as lo- and uh, same with Corey Daphne. Um, He's da- Daphne? Daphne. Uh, Daphne. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, they also bring in a grad transfer, and this guy was a... St- I remember watching this guy, Jalen McCleskey at Oklahoma State. Wide receiver, pretty dangerous, pretty dangerous wideout. And they already returned Darnell Mo- Mooney, who led the team in receiving This last team is year. loaded with skill position players. Uh, one of the top pass rushing teams in all of college football last year, Petty C. Yeah. And, they, and you got to give it to my guy, Fritz. Went with four youngsters up front. They're all back, including defensive end Patrick Johnson, a stud who ever, who had 10 and a half sacks last year, Patty C. 
I got to like this guy. My middle name is John. So this is my son, Patrick John's son. There you go. You know, and he's got big dick energy. But yet you're not rocking with the green wave the way you should be. Marvin Booty, their top linebacker, is back. They run a 4-2-5 defense in case you didn't know. Three of the five defensive backs are back as well, led by Roderick Teamer. Patty C, they keep doing this to me every year. They think they're going to... Vegas has got him at five and a half again. <laughs> they put him at five and a half last year, and I hit on it. Am I going to really have to do this again? Oh, let's take a gander. Now, let's take a look at some of these L's they took last year. A close, close loss against a good to, uh, Wake Forest team. A seven-point loss against... That same Wake Forest team beat Duke by... In, in Durham, <laughs> beat Duke by 50 points. Right. Right, right, 52 right. points and Daniel Jones, number six pick yeah. in the draft. Um, they went to UAB conference champion, UAB blazers and lost by seven yeah. on the road. Lost to a good 11 and two Cincinnati team. Uh, took a tough L against SMU. That that's probably the most inexplicable of all yeah. of them. Yeah. But other than that, a fucking solid team won most of their games by quite a few points. Watch my guy Fritz, man. Watch them. Five and a half, Patty C. Let's go through Let's the schedule. Let's look at this schedule. Uh, we have them on Thursday night playing a good Florida International team. Mm. I got them beating Florida International. You do too, if memory serves me correct. That's right. But that is a dangerous first game. Yeah, it is. Of course. Butch Davis is a good coach. Two two proven coaches at this yeah. point. Yeah, we Butch two. Davis for week obviously two. more you proven. You smell something? No, I don't smell that at all. <laughs> you don't know, smell a little upset? I do not smell an upset. I, I smell an ass whipping is what I smell. At Auburn, you want you want you want to talk about uh you know your guy getting fired, Malzon? Yeah. Let him lose to Oregon week one, come home, and lay an egg. He'll be he'll be gone by the time by the third quarter. They'll say get the fuck off the sideline. Don't doubt my green wave, buddy. Look, Malzon is clever enough to have kept his job for as long I as he has. I got Auburn winning it, but hey, don't doubt. It's going to be closer than you think. I, d- I disagree. I think Auburn's going to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one and one. Then they're home to Missouri State. Two and one. Sure. Then they're home to Houston. I have them beating Houston, Petty C. So I have them at three and one. I have them at one and three. Wow. No. No, two, two and two. Two and two. two, two, two yeah. They get a bye week. Then they're at Army. And, have, and watch out, Black Knights. I'll say that. Watch out, Absolutely. Black Knights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Army. Get out of that race car. Get Ooh. out of that race car. <laughs> When you think about what Army did last year, they played no one. Their claim to fame was they well, played they, Oklahoma close, yeah. and they fucking destroyed Houston. So I guess they did play a couple games. But it's not – they still have a lot to prove, Army. Yeah. You know? and, and, and Houston without Ed Oliver. Mikey Stadium, supposed to be a hell of an experience. You go up there, you're actually this on a, a military base. This game for them, dude. Yeah. Uh, I could see them losing this game. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride Army. Yeah. But I think this is a 28-24 game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they follow that up with home to UConn. I think that's a win for, for my, my green wave. So I got my green wave at what? I got them at one, two, three, four wins right there. Mm-hmm. Then they have back-to-back away games. And this is where it gets tricky. I got them losing at Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is the next one that is truly a 50-50 game. I went with Navy because I figured Nina Matolo has got to find a way to make make a bowl this year. Yeah. 
I don't feel good about this because I think Tulane has beat them the past couple of years. Yeah. But I went with Navy. I went with Navy, so I got them losing both of the the back to back away games. Tulane has had the track record uh, recently. Yeah. Just in the past two years. I think maybe even three. I think the uh, three years ago Navy beat them, but I think it was in overtime. Gotcha. And that was when Tulane was dog shit. That I was wanna, Fritz's first year. Well, we're gonna know a lot about uh, where, where where Navy is as a program after this season. Whether it's if they finally rebound or if they're trending downward, we'll know. But either way, this will be a good t- a test and a pretty damn good game. You'd have to figure. So I got about what one, two, three. I got about four and what five right there. I have about four and five. Wait, one, two, three. I got them at four and four. I got them at three and five. At three and five at this point. All right, then they're then they're home to Tulsa. I got them at five and four right yeah, here. Yeah, I'm gonna give them a win there too. See, and this is the one where you you blasted me, but mm-hmm. they get a bye week before they play at Temple. Hmm, it's important. Who does Temple get November 9th? Let's take a look quick. Quick. Oh, look. they're at you. They're at South Florida. Hmm. True. On a Thursday, though, but... Yeah. So I got them hitting six before even getting to their final games. I have them beating FIU, beating Missouri State. Uh, it's a hard schedule, though. Beating Tulsa, that's three. Last year's. At Temple and maybe... What's the over-under for them? Five and a half. Uh, let me go through this one more time. <laughs> FIU, Missouri State, UConn, that's three. Okay, Tulsa, that's four. And at SMU's a toss-up. I'm t- give me the under. I'm doubting your green wave once I again. I got seven and five. Will Colby proved to be the uh, the Aristotle of Tulane I'll say green this. wave football. Check out my guy, NC Nick. He knows his shit. He is on the over with the green wave. Oh, wow. Now I feel like I need to change my mind here. Maybe you guys know something that I don't. I don't. I don't think you realize how good of a coach Willie Fritz is. I don't. I'm still learning my Willie Fritz. I'm <sighs> a know, little behind on my. Buy him books. Send him to school. What do they do? Eat the cover. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. Next up is Philip Montgomery and the Tulsa Golden, very Golden Hurricane. And look, it's a big year for Phil Montgomery. He, if he doesn't put up this year, you got to think he's fired. Coming off a three and nine year, lost a bunch of close games last year. Patty, see, this team almost beat. Texas in Austin. Yeah. They lost a number of, of games by a touchdown or less last year. Look, I'm just going to say this about Tulsa. I'm going to come out and be honest here. Yeah. This is the team I know least about within this conference. And so by default, I'm giving them, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. On they any. won 10 games like two years ago. Yeah. They're, they're a program that usually is pretty good. So if I, if I undersell their, their record this year, that's why. Now they got Luke, Luke Skipper and Seth Boomer. At, back at quarterback, I, I mean, gotta love those names. Skipper. After, after uh, their quarterback president, uh, Chad President left. Yeah, <laughs> Chad fucking president. Okay, look, Luke Skipper last year. <laughs> this guy was killing me because I was riding uh, Tulsa. Tulsa covered a lot for me last year. Yeah, but there was a couple games I called for the outright upset, mm-hmm. and they were about to. And Chad President will throw like two pick sixes in the fourth quarter. And you're like, right. I think it was the Houston game where they had Houston beat. Like the game was done and he just starts lighting up the scoreboard for the other team. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, Chad, very, president. But check us out. They bring in Zach Smith, a transfer from Baylor, and I actually like the way Zach Smith played when he was at Baylor. Wouldn't be surprised if Zach Smith ended up the man under center by the time the season comes around. All right. Uh, running backs are back in Shamari Brooks and Corey Taylor. I think Brooks is, is their, their top running back, but both get a lot of playing time. Uh, Keelan Stokes is back at wide receiver. Their leading receiver tacklers are, uh, are defensively. Uh, they're an absolute fucking mess last year. Just couldn't tackle anything. Pass protection was awful. They get nine starters back and they run that three, three, five Rocky long defense. But if their run defense cannot improve Patty C, they're going to have problems because the pass defense was number one in the American, but you know why that was Patty C? Why was that? Cause no one ever fucking passed on, on Tulsa. They're like, you know what? Run right through their horrible run defense. Yeah. Oh, they only had 14 sacks as a team last year. Just to, just to compare that, Tulsa's or Tulane's best defensive lineman had a, basically had 11, 10 and a half sacks. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, Tulsa as a team had 14. Not the best defense. Linebacker Cooper Edmondson led the team in picks with four, and he had 113 tackles. He's back. I need to look at the stats and see what a decent like scoring. Uh, defense consists of. I imagine the average scoring defense is somewhere in that 27 points per game range, which means a lot of these uh, defensive performances and losses last year where they're not even giving up 30 points. It happened, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five different times last year. They didn't even give up 30 points, but they still took an L. Like, you got to figure that's just because the offense is shit the bed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, uh, they had this. I, I remember watching them being like, this team's so much better than the record. But, a lot of close losses last year. Dude, and a lot of ones where they had the lead. And, like, I'm talking like a blitz off the, uh, off the edge and a skipper or president or whoever fumbles the fucking ball. You know, when they have the game almost won, they're yeah. like about to take the, the to two more like first downs away from winning the game. A Michigan a, versus Michigan State yeah. level, like giving the game away. All right. Now, Vegas, Patty. See, Vegas has the Golden Hurricane. Ooh, four and a half. It's kind of shocked. I thought that number might be a little lower. Uh, four and a half. Do they give the Spartans a game week one at Michigan State? I don't think so. I think this is a pretty easy win for... Old Sparty. Okay, week two, they play the Spartans again. <laughs> they get the same. This is tough back-to-back away games. Yeah. You're going from Tulsa to Michigan, from yeah. Michigan to San Jose. However, they're going to dig in, and this is going to be one of the teams that wins back-to-back away games. Yeah, that's right. Because they're going to beat San Jose State. That's right. This is a skewed stat, but I guess this happens even in back-to-back. And then they come home to Tulsa to host Shout out to uh, Oklahoma State for going to the mid-majors. Yeah. This uh, is a dangerous fucking game. This is a dangerous game. Yeah. If you might recall, Oklahoma State lost to Central Michigan a few years back. Absolutely. I'm going to call for Oklahoma State to win based yeah. off the talent, but I mean, hey, tread lightly. One and two. Absolutely. And then they're home to Wyoming, Patty C. Oh. I'm on the Cowboys of Wyoming, but I think this is a dangerous, dangerous game. I'm on Tulsa for this one. So you got him at two and two. The I got him at one and most three. Most golden hurricane you've ever been involved in. What is the most golden hurricane? Well, well, hopefully you haven't been involved in a ton of golden <laughs> hurricanes. I know you like golden showers, but a golden hurricane right. sounds like a, a far more a intense experience. Shit. All right, look, I got him at one and three, but that Wyoming game scares the hell out of me. Yeah. If anything, that's a 50-50 game to me. That's a true 50-50 game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, they get a bye week before they're at SMU, and I, you know what? They're going to beat SMU, I think. So I got them at two and three. I do not have them beating SMU. Now we talked about this game, the home game against Navy. We gave the win to Navy. Mm-hmm. Scary game that you said this is the one that they could win. Yes. So we gave them a loss, but so we have them at two and four. They could easily win this game. I got them at two and four. Then they're at Cincinnati, two and five. Home to Memphis, two and six. At Tulane, two. Geez, their schedule is tough. Yeah. Two and seven. Home to Central Florida, two and eight. They get a bye week, and they're home to Houston, two and nine. They're at East Carolina, two and ten. This team is on the under. They might upset. They're going to pull. They're going to beat one of those teams. What's in the, middle. the over under on this one? Four and a half. Yeah, I got to give them the under. I mean, I, I can see up to two upsets on this schedule. I think San Jose State and Wyoming, you have to favor them. Um, at SMU is a bit of a toss up, but you almost want to give it to SMU just based on the home field advantage there. Every other game on the schedule, you have to be uh, of the opinion that they're underdogs. Maybe going to ECU, they have a chance, but either way. Far trip, though. Far trip, you know. Both teams are demoralized at this point. ECU may actually be playing for a bowl, may have more to play for. NC Nick is on the under. I'm on the under. We all are on the under. We're agreeing a lot in the American. All right, we're almost through all this, guys. Next up is the former, former national champion, Central Florida, very golden knights. Josh Heupel enters year two, Patty C. Mm -hmm. No Mackenzie Milton. No Dario Mack. It's time for Brandon Wimbush. Who? Former five-star recruit for the Fighting Irish. Brian Kelly had some great words to say about him as he departed. Said he was a great teammate. Apparently the whole Notre Dame locker room. Big fans of Brandon Wimbush. Yeah. Can he find himself in Josh Heupel's offense? You got to be rooting for a guy like that. You, you got to, right? Fifth best offense in the nation last year, Patty C. And they return eight starters on offense. Eight, and I'm not, that's not including Mac or, or Mackenzie Milton. Running game is great. They record, both running backs are back. Greg McRae and Adrian Killens both are very they're big fleas. Let me say this. Yeah. I mean, they are both great running backs. Yeah. This team is loaded. Going to going to this a little more. Okay. O line returns three of five starters, and Jordan Johnson is maybe the best center in the American. Uh receiving core, Gabriel Davis, their top wideout, is back along with Trey Nixon. And if you haven't seen Trey Nixon, Trey Nixon is a true flea, stretches the hell out of the field. And tight ends. They have two studs. Six seven former Wisconsin tight end Jake Hascock. <laughs> He's got cock. Hey, at say? six seven, you better have cock, or else you're gonna look like an idiot. <laughs> and then <laughs> Scott Cock, what can I say? <laughs> and Notre Dame transfer Jonathan McAllister. Isn't that uh Kevin McAllister's brother That's at right. fucking home alone? The tight ends are loaded though, man. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Randy Shannon doing an underrated defensive coordinating job in Orlando. Seven starters back on defense. The D line is the big question mark here because they got they lost a lot of their defensive line, but they bring in Cam Good from Virginia Tech and Brandon Wilson from Indiana, both grad transfers on the D line. Uh, obviously, they they want to be a little bit better on the run. That was one of the weaknesses on the run defense last year. But their second leading tackler, Nate Evans, is back at linebacker. Richie Grant, stud safety, stud, absolute stud safety, probably their best defensive player back six picks last year and also led the team in tackles. 
So their top two uh, leading tacklers are back. Both corners are back as well. Navelle Clark and Brandon Moore. And guess what? They're not only all AAC corners. They're both on the NFL radar. Oh, so that's the uh, air that UCF has ascended into. Um, Mike Hughes was a first round pick. What a year and a half, two years ago. First round pick for, from UCF. There you go. At corner. Vegas has the win total at nine. I wonder, I wrote this number down prior to Daryl Max injury. I wonder if that's dropped some. Keep that in mind when, when betting this, right. uh, this, this line. Okay. Uh, Cause if it, if it drops down to eight and a half, maybe it looks better and better, but Patty C do you think about yours enough to have the very golden Knights? Who would they do it three years in a row? Patty C undefeated se- uh, regular, regular seasons. Season. I think it's very much in the realm of possibilities. I'm curious. Here we go. Week one against the Florida A and M Rattlers. Let's see, and here people is where the difference between, or the potential difference. You know, I think we have to go through and look at this and and think about it. But uh, the difference between doing things in a vacuum on a week to week basis, and then looking at their schedule as a whole and so seeing how they would actually navigate it um, from a week to week standpoint. And I think there may be a slight difference because I think we would both be inclined to give them an undefeated well, season. Well, also we didn't know Mac was going to be injured through a lot of that. That's true. Although Wimbush, I'm just saying, may have more upside, but it doesn't matter. You still want to have two the capable, depth. yeah, yeah, the, especially because they run their quarterbacks a yeah, lot. If one of the, not only do they run the quarterbacks a lot, and uh, there's the potential for injury, but obviously, if one proves to be yeah. better than the other, yeah. yeah. Uh, Florida A and M, obviously, we haven't beating that. That's probably going to be ugly. Week two at Florida Atlantic and Lane Train Kiffin, the most overrated coach in college football, might I add. <laughs> According to uh, our reference website, that's uh, a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. He did have a 10 win season. He is not better. Okay. I'm going to make this argument really quick. Lane Kiffin is not a top six. He's not in the top better half of head coaches in the conference USA. It's a bold statement. Yeah. And I'll back it up. You sucked at Tennessee. You sucked at USC. Well, I think it's outrageous to put him in the top four. You know, once I mean, you start pushing toward the outer six, then you start to have an argument. But it is just plain stupid to put him on Butch Davis's level at this point. Like, well, what? What, what is about, Lane Kiffin? What about Bill Clark, Butch Davis, Seth Luttrell? That's three right there. Yeah. And then you start to go into your your long term coaches, uh, Doc Holliday <coughs> at Marshall, uh, yeah. Brent Stockstill at at uh, Rick Stockstill, I'm sorry, at uh, Middle Tennessee. Right. Uh, Coaches even, that have actually accomplished something at some point in their life. Oh, they've been there a long time and done great things, man. Lane Kiffin's career has taken him to uh, first big break was, I guess, U- U- USC's offense coordinator. They did great with those Pete Carroll, right? Yeah. His head with coach. Great talent. He's a decent offense coordinator. Okay. Tennessee, trash. Okay. We don't need to go yeah. into yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's just get through it. He's the most overrated coach in college football. Who wins this game at Florida Atlantic? Uh, UCF. Yeah, so I got him at 2-0. and oh. Week three, Stanford goes cross-country to Orlando. This is a big one. Man, the more I look at UCF, I, I, I'm expecting them to drop off, but it just seems like this is maybe the team that has ascended into like straight reload, reload powerhouse status, you know? I got them beating Stanford. Can you imagine if Central Florida all of a sudden is is really like – a top 10 team every year. 
They were, I just got to see that Wimbush is is legit this year. If McK- they have Mackenzie Milton coming back this year, they they would probably run the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got them winning against Stanford though. I do too. Now here's the trickiest game. For here's the trickiest game on the schedule. Yeah. They go from home to Stanford, and they might get really excited about this. Yeah. Say Stanford beats USC in week two and Northwestern in week one. Yeah. And that's a huge win for them. They go at Pitt, and they beat the shit out of Pitt last year in Orlando. I don't think Pitt has forgotten that. Yeah. This is a dangerous ass This game. is the one that I circle as the potential loss. Pitt's a hard place to play. As you've liked to point out. I'm going to say they lose this game. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. I think they win this game. And I'll, I'll cut to the chase here. I think they win every game on their fucking schedule again. Wow. At the, I tell you, man, the at Temple and at Tulane late in the year. Tulane coming off a of bye week. At Temple. That's huge. Yeah. At but, Temple's but the a reason game. why at Temple, another thing is it could be really cold. October 26th in Philadelphia. That's true. But when you think about this, all of their tough games are kind of coming out of bye weeks. Cincinnati, at Cincinnati, coming out of a bye against UConn. At Temple, coming out of bye, coming out of a bye against East Carolina. You're not going to say anything about that, are you? Uh, well, East Carolina might just be prime for the upset. <laughs> um, I'm um, going to say this, man. I'm going to say 10 and 2 or 11 and 1. I'm on the over, though. Even teams, with Brandon Wilbush. Look. It's at 9. This is our 100th episode, Colby Dan. Yep. Okay. UCF, if you fucks out there haven't realized yet, not only won a national championship, but are the heart of college football right now as far as the college experience yeah. is concerned, which is yeah. why we've used their lettering on our logo, right? Exactly. Because they represent the little guy that college football is supposed to give a chance. Now, has college football shit the bed? Yes, they have. And we are the gr- grassroots out here, the fans that really fucking care, that want to see them given the opportunity to win and, and be the All-American yeah, team. We weren't even UCF fans coming into it, but we would be fans if this was to say happen at, at uh, New Mexico. We would say the same fucking shit. Right. You know what I mean? They've like, proven it on the field. Give them yeah. a fucking chance. And they've proven it also. I mean, should I bring up the fact that they've beaten? I mean, in uh, Alabama, they're one and zero against Alabama. I think they're one and zero against Georgia. They're one and zero against Auburn. <laughs> Come on, this team is going to go undefeated in the regular season for the third straight season, and we will see if this time they might have lost to Auburn one time before, but most recently they beat Auburn's ass. That's right. All That's right? right. We're gonna and see. If they would have beat LSU had Mackenzie Milton been healthy. Had their Heisman candidate quarterback losing by eight with the, even if they would have had Wimbush as, as the starter, right? Starting, starting Mac in a second game. Come on. I'm on the over two. Nick's on the over two. Here's a, here's one little storyline that, you know, I, I think you're, uh, not taking seriously or taking, taking potentially as a, as an actual possibility, but, uh, should Notre Dame have a great season? Should they walk into, uh, Sanford Stadium down in Georgia and beat the Bulldogs and advance to the playoffs. Say Wimbush could get his revenge. Could Wimbush get his revenge against? Well, Notre they also Dame. have a, a starting tight end from Notre Dame too, so it wouldn't be the only Irish oh, player. Man, you know those little those little like storylines factor into the lame ass community uh, invitational committee's decision making process. So maybe for once that could play in UCS favor. I wouldn't bet a on sympathy it. vote. I would not. They're bet not on much it. into sympathy though. They're more into money. Yeah. 
okay. We got two teams left, Patty C. Let's just knock it out. Next up, your this is more so your boy, man. Charlie Strong. Mm-hmm. You're one, he wins 10 games at and at South Florida. And you're thinking, he's he's shit. Where was this at Texas? Yeah. Well, last year took a step back. Seven and six, still not a bad year. Yeah. But they should be better. Uh, he gets Blake Barnett back for his hundredth year in college football. Uh, Blake Barnett's <laughs> played for every college in all of college football. And um, he's their man coming in, but he only threw 12 touchdowns and had 11 picks last year <laughs> for a guy that was the, 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 who was he the top recruit in the nation? He was one of the top quarterback yeah. recruits in the nation. Uh, the offense is now being Randy. They, they, they said, Hey, we have Blake Barnett. We got to switch the offense. Let's f- find a way to make this work. So they bring in Kerwin bell, <laughs> former, former Florida Gator under Steve Spurrier, former world league player for the Orlando thunder, I believe. And he also played in the Canadian football league and he has the most legendary play. Patty C probably what one of the most legendary plays in football history. One of the, one of the most hilarious celebrations you'll ever see. You can go to the sports gambling podcast, uh, Instagram feed and check out if you searched, scroll down. There's a play where Kerwin Bell scores and I believe he's on the Toronto Argonauts at the time in the Canadian football league. He scores a touchdown on a running play. He goes to spike the ball and celebrate and the ball comes right. He runs up (laughs) to the defender's face (laughs) and tries to spike the ball between his legs and he spikes spikes it straight into his nuts. Yeah. And then the defender, he crumples over in pain. And as he's falling over the defender who he tried to taunt shoves him in the face mask and he (laughs) flails to the ground, spread Eagle and just dead. What a fucking loser. It's one of the best plays ever. <laughs> oh man. Check that out. Just YouTube it. If you can, if you don't want to search that far down, but check us out. Kerwin bell. He's a quarterback guy, man. He's a, a protege of the old ball coach. He's got nine starters returning to the nation's 33rd ranked offense. That's a good thing for the bulls. Top runner. Jordan Cronkite is back. Son of Walter Cronkite. <laughs> hey. Uh, Maybe not son, maybe grandson. At this point, uh, definitely. Johnny Ford is uh, uh, being shifted from running back to wide receiver, though. Explosive little little Percy Harvin style. Mm. Uh, what else we got? We got four starters back on the offensive line, and then they have one of the nation's best tight ends in Mitchell Wilcox, Patty C. That's, uh, I've heard about this guy a little bit. He's a stud. Getting some praise. He's a stud. Now they got Stanley Clavero at wide receiver as their top wide out back. This offense should be rolling if Kerwin Bell is just any decent of a coach. If, if, if as long as his coaching isn't like his celebrant, his end zone dances, right? This should work out fine. Right. As long him. as the ball gets into the end zone like it was on that play, <laughs> what you do after with it, I would not take his advice on. Watch them have like the 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 worst. Right. <laughs> Please just have terrible uh, end zone celebrations this year. De- defensively, seven starters back on defense. But the defense was dog shit last year, 104th in the nation. But isn't that supposed to be Charlie Strong? It is supposed to be his well, strong point. He, if better, you he better do some strong studying this offseason. Uh, he gets Greg Reeves back, uh, defensive uh, edge rusher, getting moved to outside linebacker. Three starters uh, back in the defensive backfield, led by Nick Roberts. Got a really good corner in Mike Hampton. So overall, Patty C, the defense returns a lot, but they got to up the play. South Florida win total. Uh, Vegas has it at eight. Shop around for all these, by the way, guys, because this was a few weeks ago that I wrote these uh, these lines from the Vegas website that I went to. Now, here, here's something about South Florida last year that a lot of people don't probably realize. This team 
went seven and six. They won their first seven games, and then they lost their last six games. That's a hell of a, a and turnaround. they beat in my, and I do believe they beat the Power Fives. They beat Illinois in Chicago, and they beat Georgia Tech. Right? They did. So do they beat the Power Fives on the schedule this year, Patty C? Well, Man, their out of conference schedule is absolutely fucking brutal this year. Let's take a quick, quick peek. Mm, okay. They get three Power Fives starting off the season hosting. On a Friday night. Mm, potentially interesting. They're going to lose to Wisconsin. They should, but... That's a dangerous game for you Wisconsin. you got to figure that was a step back for Wisconsin. That was a, that was a weird year last year for Wisconsin. But it's a dangerous game for them, though. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Six-year starting quarterback. Super high amount of credit given to Wisconsin for going down to Tampa yeah. to open the season on a Friday night. So let's say 0-1, but uh, that game, I'm going to take a look at that line as, yeah. that appro- as week one approaches. Mm-hmm. Week two, uh, I think they're going to pull the sweep against Georgia Tech. It's so new with this new coach, but it's in Atlanta. They don't have – they're starting an option quarterback. I guess you got to go South Florida. Charlie Strong, look, I think he is a good coach. I don't think he's an elite coach, but I think he's a consistent winner, you know? So we're one and one. Then they host the South Carolina State Bulldogs, two and one. Yeah. Then they get a bye week before they host SMU, three and one. Then they're at UConn, four and one. And here's a big one, Patty C. Homecoming in Tampa against the BYU Cougars. I think they lose this. Homecoming in Tampa against the BYU Cougars. I'm high on this. I think I'm high on the South Florida team. I think they're going to get that win. It's going to be a good game. I can tell you that. I got it at four and two. Uh, you got it at five and one, right? Yeah. And then they're at Navy. Oh, I got that them. Georgia Tech game does scare me. I'm not going to lie. But the BYU game doesn't. BYU is a lot better than Georgia Tech. Well, it's the home and the road factor there. Uh, at Navy, we have them winning. Uh, so I got them at what five and two? Yeah. At East Carolina, I got them winning. Do I have them winning it? Maybe you do. All right. Six and two. I got them at six and two, man. I then got them they at seven and one. Then they get a bye, and then they're home to Temple, which I called for. If memory serves me, geez, look at their last four games. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. They're gonna do what they did last year and lose all. Right. Um, I called for. I think I went back and forth on this one. I think I said South Florida ends up winning. This I one. did too. I got them at, sitting there at eight and one. I got them with two losses, but then I had them losing their next three games, I believe. Yeah, me too. So what's that? Five, seven and five for me. Man, they could have a great season though. What's the over under on them? Eight. <laughs> Those I'll, last three games. There's too many potential losses on this schedule for them to get to eight. Yeah. I mean, the BYU game, but let them upset Wisconsin week one. Yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, ah. NC Knicks on the under as this well. This is a hard schedule they play, man. Yeah, especially the fact on. that they, they get all that at the end. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. if you could space that out more, more hey, chance of an upset. Anyone in the Power Five paying attention to this? Yeah. Their out-of-conference schedule consists of Wisconsin at Georgia Tech and BYU. Yeah. So, the same Georgia Tech that they'll give like Clemson credit for for winning by like 40 points. Right. All right. Last but not least, Patty C. Are you on the under two, I take it, right? Yes. Okay. Last but not least, and this is the most interesting team to me in this year's 
American team besides UCF probably oh, and, yeah. and ECU uh, for obvious reasons. Um, UConn, the Huskies. All right, look, Mud's part Huskies over there. He says, "Fuck yeah, go UConn." Right? No. Randy Etzel, year three, coming off a one and eleven season where they gave up f- over fifty points per game. Mm, mm, mm. Five quarterbacks played last year. Historically bad, they say. Five quarterbacks. Averaging played. like uh, 617 yards per game, giving up one. Dude, that's every team having their career day against you. Well, sometimes things happen. All right, look, he finally found this quarterback he thinks in Marvin Washington. He's battling grad transfer uh, Mike uh, Bodry uh, right now for starting quarterback. So they got at least a grad transfer. That's some experience. And Marvin Washington was, uh, you know, a freshman last year. Like so literally anything that this team can do, the running offense will was be solid. An improvement. The running offense was solid last year. They got running back their best, probably their best offensive player in Kevin Mensah back at running back. And they add in, and this is a, a one that I actually knew who this was. They add in Toledo transfer Art Tompkins at running back. A little bit of a scat back, but I finally they'll have a playmaker, like a guy that could break into the house. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed by Tompkins' game at Toledo. That backfield was just loaded, so I think he just said, hey, let me go be a starter or try to be a starter somewhere else. Uh, they also returned their top receiver in, Ke- in Keon Dixon. So, Patty C., why do I find – I mean, de- defensively, the defense was awful. I mean, uh, do I need to go more de- – defensive line was horrible. Uh, their best player is a safety in Tyler Coyle, but overall, the defense is a complete mess. They're bringing a new defensive coordinator – Look, if you want to talk about this team schedule, go ahead. I'm only going to talk about two teams on this team schedule. Okay, hold on. I want to say this though, Patty C. Yeah. Uh, Edsel purposely started a bunch of young players. I don't think he foresaw them leaving the American. But I ask you this question. Okay. If they can win, they have. To, I think they have two years left in the American. I could have. I could, this could be double check that information if you really care about this. They're playing for a bid in the Conference USA or the MAC or 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 potentially retaining at least their football program. Well, no, they said they're going to go independent. Oh yeah, but I, well, I think that's because they uh, don't have an option. The American is not well, about. and the Conference USA has declined interest. Conference USA or even the Sun Belt, which I don't think the Sun Belt would, but the Conference USA it makes sense. Conference USA has declined interest in them as a football only member I, I, or an all sports but, except but basketball let, let member. Them, let them make. A bowl game? Yeah. UConn hasn't been that bad for They that were in long. a BCS game like 11 years ago. Yeah. And with the, with the coach that they have. Worst right comes the worst. If the Mac doesn't jump on that, that's terrible because Buffalo and UConn would actually be a cool rivalry. Yeah. And UConn has just as much football clout over the last decade as. Yeah. I mean, they have more than Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Conference USA is stupid. Yeah. Well, the, let, let Edsel pull off some magic here. Uh, okay, the the over unders at two and a half, Patty C. Yeah, I just don't. After last year, this team sorely disappointed me so many times. Could they start off? <laughs> I think they're going to beat Wagner in week one. I do too. And then one of the more interesting shit games of the year. Lovey just to Smith, see who's as bad as the other Lovey one. Smith, and is uh, fighting a lot. Illinois, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Lovey Smith and his fighting ally and I have to go to Hartford, Connecticut. Ooh, that is a bit of a uh, underrated element to that game. Boy, Lovey Smith will be fired if they lose that game. <laughs> I mean, you got to figure Illinois is going to win that game, right? You have to. 
But Randy Etzel's a good coach. He started a freshman quarterback towards the end of last Randy year. Randy Edsel is the type of guy that like actually he, would well, pulled it off once before at UConn. Yeah, well, he's a completely discipline oriented coach. So he's the type of dude that like if his players were giving him attitude, and he pulls the old like I'll I'll kick everyone off this team and have eleven guys. He's the guy that would actually do it, yeah. you know. And so maybe that's what he did last year. He's just like you know fuck you guys. Like, well, why this is such a huge game, Patty C changing the culture is because this game, if he wins this game, I think they're going to hit their over. Um, what's the over here? Two and a half. Oh, I have to agree with you. Cause I, they're going to, uh, UMass and I think they get the W there. I don't know why I think. Okay. That. So after Illinois, they get a bye week then they're at Indiana. Oh, back to back away games at central Florida after the, Oh my gosh. Look at that five-game stretch right there. Indiana, Central Florida, South Florida, at Tulane, Houston. They're going to lose all those. Yeah. Okay, then they're at UMass, and I got them winning at UMass. So they're going to win two games no matter what. Yeah. That Circle the Illinois game. Circle the Navy game because I don't think Navy's offense can score that much on them. Yeah. So I expect them to, to be Hang in around. that game. Especially a tough yeah. Edsel team. They get ECU in Hartford in November. Any chance that that the weather is freezing oh, sure. and, hard, and it's snow is falling? Absolutely, that can factor in. Look, if if Randy Edsel has this team, if it just took him a long a year longer than we thought it would for him to get to Randy Edsel level football, then this team could go five wins. I'm going to go out and make a bold prediction. Hmm. I got the over. I do not. NC Nick is on the over too. That makes two of you, and I will trusting. I trust good football coaches. You would not be mistaken to do that, but I trust a schedule that looks like. I don't know that I trust Lovey Smith's a good football coach. <sighs> I don't know that I can argue that he's got at least as much of a track record as Edsel does at this point. He made it to the Super Bowl, but Grossman was his quarterback. Well, that should be a fucking gold medallion from outer space for him. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let me tell you this before you speak into a medallions from outer space, outer space, outer space. All right. Outer space is amazing. And so is ESPN plus. All right. Stream live sports and ESPN plus originals in HD. Watch live college football, college basketball, soccer, MLB and UFC. Easy to watch on your phone, tablet, or television. Look, Patty C. I watched some UFC on there the other night. I saw some guy get the tar kicked out of him. Yeah. Made me think, hey, I think Randy Etzel's going to turn shit around this year. It's a strange thing to connect, but uh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, look, ESPN Plus is only $4.99 a month. Cancel at any time. Cancel after uh, U- uh, UConn beats uh, Illinois if you want. Right? <laughs> Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and click the ESPN Plus banner. All right. I had to get that in there. I almost forgot about it. Those, that's the American conference, Patty C. hundred episodes in the bag. Um, Do us a favor. Follow us on... Uh, couldn't be anything more American. Let me throw in one little more little nugget here. The honorary 11th team. We're talking about UConn potentially losing. One, James Madison University. Future American football conference powerhouse. <laughs> will get a glimpse of their... New coach, Kurt Signetti, who, from what I understand, gave, uh, who did he give trouble? 
Well, he was coaching. I'm now I'm drawing a blank. I think I tagged you in this too. I read this too. Hell, I don't remember. He had given, I want to say, South Carolina some credit. I think, I think maybe that was it. Yeah, he's 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 a nice coach. Uh, and JMU now is able to recruit some of the better coaches based on their recent track record. So, should JMU go into Morgantown and take the W Week One like they did at where was that a couple of years ago that they got that done? SMU. SMU. They they, had, they won another big East game. Carolina. East Carolina. East Carolina. You, you want me to say it, you piece I, of shit? I, I, I was drawing a blank. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be North Carolina, but no. Scott, it was East Scotty Montgomery, you Scotty filthy, Montgomery. Filthy, James filthy at Madison coach. University. Your future. Scotty Montgomery's at Maryland, by the way. Fade Maryland. All right. Fade Maryland. Fade Maryland. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so that's your, <laughs> that's your 100th episode. American football conference that is or American and, uh, athletic conversations. And thank you for listening. We got to get off. We've been on this for a while. Look, follow us on Instagram at sports gambling podcast. A lot of great content we're putting up over there. Also, please rate review, share iTunes. Tell your friends about this show, please. If you can iTunes, if you type in sports gambling podcast network, you can find us. We are the college experience. We would love a nice review. Sincerely. We would love a nice review as a thank you. Please do that. If you found this entertaining, we're on Twitter. Sports Gambling Podcast Network's on Twitter at the SGP Network. Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C831. And I am on Twitter at the Colby D. Got some stand updates coming up to the Bay Area soon. Check me out. If you're in LA, check me out. Hit me up. Let's grab a beer. Something like that. Figuring stuff out here. All right. Football season's almost here. This is the college experience. You better start thinking about yours. Yeah.